Welcome back to Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. I am Dave Jackson, joined as always by Patrick Mayhem. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullins. Hello. This is a big one. <laughs> what, what, we're, what we're doing right now is a big deal. It's huge. We're going to do what we're not supposed to do. Big deal. Huge. <laughs> no big deal. We're going to talk about a certain pretty woman named Judy. Mm. Pretty woman. We've got a lot to cover. This is this this subject runs deep and has a long tail. For how many mentions? Patrick has the stats. Pull out your boy for some pat stats, stats, stats. Nineteen Judies. So already way more than I thought we had originally. Yeah. You were talking about. Be like well, they, they barely bring her up. Yeah. There's just so many. Who's here, Dave? We should introduce our guests. Uh, we've got a stacked panel to talk about Judy today. Uh, once again, we have with us the ladies from Damn Fine TV, Jasmine and Mel's. How are we doing, ladies? We're good. How are you? Excellent and nervous because we are also in the presence of an expert on this subject. Yeah. <laughs> once again, with us on the show, we have Take the Ring, aka Jeremiah Beaver. Jeremiah, welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me. Super, Mr. super ring. pumped. Is it true that you have a PhD in Jow Day? <laughs> I did just say that, didn't I? So <laughs> no, no. No, that was a joke. I just, I, I told Dave last time, I've told you for a long time, like, I don't know why, like, I'm just like so into this topic, like so into it. Some It's crazy because like some people don't think that that Judy means anything at all. Like it's not relevant right. to the story at all. And then there's people like me, like, no, the whole thing is about this. Like, this is what <laughs> it's about. So, and everything in between, and there's mystical, magical narrative, meta, any, every kind of theory that you can think of is, yeah. is, uh, threads, you know, threads all from Jow Day. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. No. And, I definitely yeah. side with the latter camp. So I, yeah. I, I am, I'm big on the idea that it's all about Judy. And Mr. Ring, I'm glad you said mm -hmm. that too, because yeah, um, I mean, tonight we're focusing on Judy and uh, theories related to Judy with mostly with part 18, um, but it is kind of, kind of overall. So again, if you haven't seen all of Twin Peaks, and even read Mark Frost's Secret History of Twin Peaks and Final Dossier, get out of here. We got major spoilers ahead. <laughs> and if, if you've you're not never into heard Judy, the name this Judy episode's not for you. In the series. <laughs> right. Oh, Tyler's gone. Tyler's out. Tyler's <laughs> out. Nope. This episode may not be for you if Final you have not heard this name back. before. Full disclosure, I didn't watch this episode. So. <laughs> you watched the wrong episode again. Oh, no. A long show called Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was a documentary about the restaurant. <laughs> the the owners went to Hooters and they're like, "We like this. Let's do it ourselves. We can do this better. <laughs> we can do this yeah. with Buffalo Check way better." Okay, <laughs> Patrick, I know that you've got some notes. Yeah. So, uh, where do you want to kick us off? Well, I just want to start by saying that we are going to talk about Judy. In fact, we are going to talk about Judy a lot and we won't leave her out of it. Um, I'd like to start 
uh, by talking about the times that the word Judy is said and mentioned in the series of Twin Peaks. Uh, most people think it starts with the iconic Philip Jeffrey scene from Fire and Walk With Me, and that is pretty much true. However, Judy is mentioned in season two by Major Garland Briggs. Garland? Odd name. Judy Garland? The context is interesting because he's drugged uh, and he says Judy Garland mm. uh, because, you know, he's talking to Cooper. Um, I think that's interesting. I do. Yes. And totally not like, I mean, when it was filmed, I think total in my personal opinion, totally unrelated, but I like it because of how important Major Briggs is to the Judy story. Uh, I like it a whole lot. It wouldn't have been the same if it was Andy. It would or... have been better. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, and Agent Cooper, there... have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? I love it! <laughs> <laughs> there. Oh, Dave, that, that, that should have been your moment there, buddy. <laughs> Dave's our resident Andy, uh, our Andy uh, impressionist. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll happily pass the crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we welcome any and all Andy impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and just quick side note, I just want to mention it just to have it out there. There was a character named Judy Swain played by Molly Shannon in season two. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dealing with a little Nikki storyline. Very brief. That was but my bombshell, Judy. Patrick. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. You stole my bombshell. <laughs> I'm so I guess sorry. we're done here. We're done. Damn <laughs> fine TV is done. We're out. Wow. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, stop. But it is a double. It is a double. So. Is it? I mean, yeah. It's two Judy's. All right, so Firewalk With Me. If you've heard our Firewalk With Me episode, Missing Pieces episode about this specific scene with Philip Jeffries, you know how much I love it, and I could talk about it all day. Is there a comma in Firewalk With Um, Me? (laughs) No, it's grammatically incorrect. Fire. Maybe they're doing the Firewalk. Hey, Firewalk. Firewalk Firewalk. With Me. Yeah. You don't remember the disco hit Firewalk? <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure that's what Leland's dancing to. Season mm-hmm. one. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Leland is. <laughs> Firewalk with me. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, One of those instructional dance songs that everybody does at a wedding. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the Cupid Shuffle. Right after the Macarena. Yeah, it's the, the Firewalk. <laughs> yeah. Hands on your head. Hands on your head. Um, no burn, burn. God, (laughs) burn and step, burn and step. Now, bomb. Did I take it too far? Sorry, no. So, Philip Jeffrey says the word Judy quite a few times. Um, can be an Albert's just like, huh, funny, thought we were leaving her out of it, but he keeps bringing her up, even though he's like, we're not talking about her. So he definitely says the word Judy quite a few times in this scene that I'm somehow in. And Cooper Shadow back here is freaking me out. Um, I know. Now you can't stop staring at it. I know. Um, so one of my favorite scenes, especially like because on a first watch, it's just gibberish. It's what is this? I'm not going to talk about Judy. In fact, we're not going to talk about Judy at all. We're going to keep her out of it. And then when you, the first, that first time you like rewatch it back, uh, especially after the context of the return, it's so good. 
It's so, so good. There's so much there. There's so much there. And uh, Philip Jeffries is not the only one who says Judy in Fire Walk With Me. There's a monkey at the end who says Judy. Jack just pops up. I think it's Jack. What did Jack do? I I, think it's actually come out that it is not the same monkey canonically. Judy. Who said that? And you really just shattered my entire. I don't know. (laughs) Wow. This might be apocryphal, but I'm I'm pretty sure that the question has come up, and somebody somewhere with Twin Peaks knowledge said, "I'll I'll do a quick search." Because I, it takes five seconds to search something and get the right information. I qualify as somebody somewhere with Twin Peaks knowledge. That's true. So well, what's That's the call? True. Same monkey? <laughs> yeah, what's the call? Yes. What? Same monkey? Yes. Okay, never mind. Statement redacted. <laughs> it's confirmed. Yes. Um, so let's flash forward 25 years to the return. Uh, we revisit this scene. Only if you waiting for it. <laughs> I was, I was, I didn't know I was. And then it started happening, it started unfolding, and I was freaking out. Um, so David Copperhead asked Philip Jeffries, Who is Judy? Uh, and this comes after we get, you know, this sort of flashback. Uh, and then some very, is it future, is it past type shit? Philip Jeffries tells him he's already met Judy. What the hell is that about? I don't know. Let's hop two episodes later, part 17, we get the classic Twin Peaks info dump from Gordon Cole about an extreme negative force called Jow Day. Jow Day. A plan was made okay. by... <laughs> yeah, a plan was made by Cooper, Briggs, and Cole off screen to find it. Uh, part 18, uh, there's a restaurant. Looks scrumptious. I'd like to eat there. At Eat at Judy's. No? Just me? All right, I'd eat there. Doesn't look good. I'll go I by just myself. want some gun fries. That's all I want. <laughs> Deep fried gun. Yeah. Yeah. Texas, yeah. baby. <laughs> the yeah. problem usually with fried gun is it's really hot on the outside, but just ice cold on the inside. Nobody I'm ever gets it right. Fried gun. <laughs> um, um, Gordon Cole with the info dump always yeah. blew my mind because why was this a secret? This is what you're group is about pretty much i'll tell you why why are I'll we just why. now getting the dump because philip jeffries disappeared chet desmond disappeared cooper disappeared he didn't want albert to disappear so he did not tell him anything about this <laughs> he's like you're staying with me buddy albert wouldn't have done well <laughs> <laughs> oh i bet Daddy. harry wanted albert to disappear who oh, boy uh, you're right oh. <laughs> albert is the sultan of sentiment so he probably would not have done well <laughs> So. I don't know. Uh, if you've read the final dossier, surely you have. Uh, uh, Tammy or Tamara, as I like to call her in the book, uh, says that Judy is a demon that when mating with a male demon can bring the end of the world as we know it, REM style. And uh, yeah, that leaves us to determine who Judy actually is based on what we've seen and heard in the series of Twin Peaks. So I'm going to go around the room now. I've said it a million times. Said it a zillion times. Judy is the waitress at Denny's. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. 
that's 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 our episode everybody thanks for coming out (laughs) (laughs) i would argue she works at winkies if you don't know what i'm talking about just leave it there but winkies yeah like that that, we come back next week for uh weekend at winkies for our winkies (laughs) (laughs) Winkies is my favorite place on the planet yeah (laughs) perfect while we're while we're speaking with you mel's mel's tell me who is judy okay (laughs) why did i let out a nervous laugh because you've you've wrapped up about almost all my notes here um so this is who I think Judy is. I don't, and perhaps I have a very basic, because I mentioned this before we started recording, but I would consider myself the most novice, uh, not novice on the panel. Okay. I've only been through the return once, firewalk with me once, missing pieces once, one and two twice. So I'm getting there, but Judy to me, uh, she's obviously, I, I do think she's the evil entity. I do think she's the mother. Um, I think that Judy is the mother of Bob. I think that Bob's dad is Ball. And I think when she named Bob, she was like, Judy, Ball, we'll go with Bob. I think that that's how naming children, it's been a while since I did it, but I think that's how it goes. Um, I do think that Judy is the main... um, antagonist for this series i think that she is the real or it i don't even know because it's a demon so it could be it might not really have a sex even though tamra did tell us it was the female to the ball male so well you know that's here nor there um but i think that every negative thing set in motion for twin peaks for bob for everything like that is really what Cooper, the idea of Cooper, was meant to come out and sort of try to defeat. Um, I don't know if you want me to go ahead and tell you that I do not think he was successful at that. But I do right. think that Judy is, uh, it was not ever Wyndham Earl. It was not ever Jean Renault. It was not ever, you know, uh, it wasn't Bob slash Mr. C. But, you know, I, I, I think that uh, Judy took on some interesting forms in 18. I'm sure we'll get, or, well, not 18, but the return. I'm sure we'll get to that. So, yeah, I think that Judy is the big bad of Twin Peaks. And I, from my interpretation, I think they failed at the mission of taking down Judy. So that's who I think Judy is. It's a great response, Mills. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Woo! All this sweat, wipe that sweat off well my said. forehead. Well said. Well <laughs> okay. She said exactly what I was going to say. Well, now. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, I think Tyler's. I think Tyler's still hasn't even rewatched the original series. He's only seen everything through once, and like a couple other random things here and there. Yeah. So I'm not the real novice. You're not. Yes. We got to keep the hook of our show. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep it. <laughs> We're not letting him rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna let him forget everything true. and yeah. then touch on the big stuff there yeah. we go there we yeah. go that's what she said <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, jasmine who is judy okay well i need to preface my answer with um when i got the invite to be on this podcast i thought for sure it said talk about bobby ah! so a lot of my notes 
just have to do with Bobby Briggs. So my bad that. guys. But we were changed the name Bobby with Judy and it should fit perfectly. I was about to say, okay. it did, it did say yeah, I'll just do a say... find all the place all. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's I think you right. got it confused because I think I wrote booby, like B U B Y, and then I said something about bow day. Yes. Became bow day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about need, We will need to touch on Bow Bay at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Great call. I'll be there. Um, hey, bow, bow. My answer is kind of quick. Um, it's funny, Jeremiah, earlier you brought up people that don't necessarily think that Judy is like everything to do with Twin Peaks. And I'm kind of one of those people. Like, I don't think that it's a non important part of Twin Peaks, but it's not like, the central theme or anything for me but I think kind of at the end of the day Judy might just be the evil that women do because when we contrast it with the original run Bob Leland the evil that men do the focus in the original run on the father figure the patriarchal figure and then the kind of switched focus to the mother figure in the return that just kind of fits for me. So I don't know that Judy is any one thing, but more just maybe what Albert would say, like the evil that women do. So yeah, I like that a lot. That's amazing. Well, thank you. And to think that was going to be Bobby. Yeah, I was just going to say, and that was my thought on Bobby. Do. Yeah. <laughs> well, he drives the women wild, so it could be. Um. Mr. Ring, we'll start with all the guests first. So, Mr. Ring, I know you're uh, ready for well, this. <clears throat> well, I don't really know how to sum it up, really. <laughs> but uh, and Jasmine, Judy, just, Ring, uh, she just uh, blew my bombshell because that's basically what I was going to say. It was like kind of how Bob is the evil that men do in the original series. Like. I can't stress enough how much the return is uh yeah like matriarchal like like it's it's definitely like bob is the evil that men do and bob is inside leland and leland whatever because you can you can go like pretend the return never existed we could have a lot of these same conversations about bob like is bob um you know if you were to take the supernatural element out of it, like say you're a psychologist and you were talking to these characters in Twin Peaks, if you were to take the supernatural element, like, well, Bob is like maybe a, a mental projection of, of Laura, like trying to mask the fact that her father is, is doing this to her and he can't, can't be her father. It's gotta be someone else. And so Bob is this, like literally this manifested evil that is a mask or, you know what I mean? And I think that the return is the, is the same because since we're returning to Twin Peaks, we're visiting Twin Peaks, um, you know, and Leland's gone, Laura's dead, Leland's gone, dead too. And this is, um, what, what role did Sarah play in this? So she's obviously uh, guilty and tormented and all that stuff and that, that manifests itself, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it makes sense that Judy arguably inhabits Sarah Palmer in this the same way that uh, a similar way, not the same way, but a similar way that Bob is representative of Leland. Um, there's a whole, uh, the secret history is full of 
looking back, it's crazy watching the show and looking back, but the secret history is full of evil mothers. Like it, it goes way into uh, Norma and Annie's mom or stepmom or however you want to look at it. Like right. it goes way into that. Um, even though uh, Catherine Martell is not a mother, there's a lot to be made about her being, you know, the, the like a matriarch in a Greek tragedy kind of thing. Like she's the matriarch of the uh, the Packard family, so to speak. So there's a lot of bad moms in the secret history. And then we get to Sarah Palmer in the return and the fact that, uh, you know, kind of like Bob Jowday is like, I, I don't think that Je Judy is the be all end all to Twin Peaks. Like nothing is like, it's not, it's not even all about, it's not about Cooper even. I mean, he's the main guy. It's like, it's Cooper and Laura and the story. And it's about the cyclical nature of child abuse and it's about comfort food and it's about all of this stuff. So it's while I, while I'm way into it and I think Judy is, I think Judy is the underlying conflict of the return. The same way that Bob is the kind of underlying conflict of the original show. However, that doesn't sum up what the entire return is about because it's, it's the whole it's, you know, religion and it's, you know, it's all, right. it's all of that stuff, right? It's all about life and have memory and, and quantum physics, right? So Judy is not the be all end all of Twin Peaks, but she's the beginning. If Philip Jeffries beginning of Fire Walk With Me chronologically, and then we have the end of the return and she kind of bookends the whole thing. And then the only other thing is it's not a, my caveat to all of that in my notes is that really in the return, the evil that men do is the nuclear bomb. Really, I think. Jow Day is kind of like, kind of like Bob and the woodsman, like definitely more malevolent than say the giant or the, or Mike, or, you know, even the arm, right? But some sort of being that was a malevolent force that was able to come in to our world because of the evil that men do is how I see it. Like the, the real, like tat, like same way child abuse, right? Is like a function of Leland, function of, of the man. Um, I think the, the, what the, you know, the, the Trinity test is the, is the real evil that men do in the return. And like, basically like Jow Day isn't, she's symbolic of that because she's tied to that. The same way Bob is symbolic of that because he's tied to Leland. Anyway, doesn't make any sense what I just said, but that's no, that's I pretty much love it. That. <laughs> totally does. Makes yeah. perfect sense. Well, yeah. could I interject one thing? Because when I was researching Jaude, um, she's she's like a reality warping demon. So when, when I found it interesting, but when you say that though about Laura masking and being a projection like could we then maybe think about Jowde having a part in this like reality warping of Laura because you're right like it was the abuse that she had at her father's hand you know whether or not we knew you know what what role Bob plays in that but thinking along the lines of her being like somebody that can manipulate time, manipulate your visions, manipulate your, the reality that you live in, then I think that could lead 
or lend some sort of uh, credibility to that as well. Because if she birthed Bob, let's say, in whatever weird way, because we don't, do we know? No. But it would seem that that would be very fitting for Laura's path in her life that it could warp uh, the reality of what was happening to her with the abuse. I love what she said. I think it's fantastic. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey buddy. I got a question for you. Okay. Who put the fish in the percolator? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who's Judy? Oh, that's way easier. Uh, <laughs> Judy is an eldritch horror who manifests as a naked eldritch space horror? alien. Yes. Rich horror. Uh, yes. Sorry, I'll, real. I'll, I'll, I'll speak better. I am a toxman after all. Judy hey, is an eldritch horror who manifests as a naked space alien woman whose favorite thing is to murder sex havers. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that was my initial thought. But then as everyone else gave their, their beliefs, I, I did audibly gasp. I was muted when uh, somebody <laughs> mentioned that Judy is the evil that women do. Like just this, jazz. this other thing. I did also I come up with a... I did come up with a very funny scenario where uh, we have the image of Judy barfing out the Bob ball, and then a doctor comes with the paperwork. She's like, "Okay, well, here, well, we got to name the thing." There's a whole sequence um. where, where like <laughs> Ball and Judy are like, he's kind of looking over her shoulder, and like she wants to write a name, but he he has the name that he picked out, and then there's like this whole discussion. He's like, "Why don't you go talk to your brother?" And he's passing out cigars, and she like sneaks a name in. It was extremely funny, and it was only for me. <laughs> I um, love it. Uh, as I'd watch that pilot, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then as so, I got those from the ladies. And then as Jeremiah was talking, uh, he was bringing up how she is this. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it was that you said about her involvement, but it made me think of. Uh, male and female uh almost teams it's like there's this partnership between some sort of male coded evil versus this female coded evil and it brought to mind the idea of a chess game where you have a king and queen on either side and the same way that we have a black lodge and a white lodge we have two sides of a board this is just a cosmic game. We've had chess and, pieces. Yeah, Beijing Pete Martell, chess I, expert. Yeah, uh, I think this Pete is just plays checkers, not chess. <laughs> right. It's the only thing I remember from that damn book. <laughs> this it, it just it feels like a lodge warfare where even though like if we're going by the rules of chess, then when Bob is defeated, well, no, because Bob has a father. So there's still a black king out there as well as this black queen. And I also uh, like we, we know that Cooper has a white knight syndrome. So he's a piece on the board. And then we were talking about the bomb and how that was the evil that men do in the return. And how we had discussed before about how that seemed to coincide with Judy's uh, projection of Bob onto the planet 
but this is not an earthbound creature like this is something that is between realms so why when that bomb goes off does that image come up next and i feel like this bomb this this uh, avatar of men centric evil is like a beacon where Judy saw that happen is like that's where I'm supposed to be so let's and maybe maybe she loves evil and she and Ball had been like not speaking for a while and then that was his like hey baby I know we said some things we didn't mean let me set off a nuclear bomb for you and she said yeah for sure I love this let's have a let's start our family let's have a baby let's, let's have a baby let's have a baby Bob is Ball's anchor baby for Judy and she loved that bomb going off. So I, I think Judy is a, is a, yes, a cosmic eldritch horror who loves to murder sex havers and has deep love for her husband and evil. And so that's in who some Judy weird is. way, she's Mrs. Voorhees. She's just a real sweetheart at, at her core. That's and just, what I'm saying. Yeah. We'll no do sex. anything for her family. I'm right. saying. Yep. <laughs> And 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 probably likely, yeah, those exist in the same universe. And Mrs. Voorhees is, in fact, Judy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was looking forward to your answer, Dave, because I know that was Judy was something that you really took to. In the it's return. one of my favorite parts of the entire yeah. series is just yeah. her very existence. That's why I'm in. I'm in camp. Everything is Judy. <laughs> All things Judy. Uh, hey, I want to jump in because I I made a specific question for dave in my notes and i feel it's the perfect time to bring it up so oh i don't want to derail Let's this but real quick so last time i think it was the final dossier we were talking and you mentioned uh or the final episode and how you were getting these cosmic horror lovecraftian vibes so i mean i know how i feel about that so i want to know like what is is Judy in the bomb? Like, is that your, is Judy your Lovecraftian vibes or were you getting other stuff from the finale? Like, like what is Lovecraftian about, about this to you? Cause I know what it is to me, but we didn't have time to go into it. So where, what are the Lovecraftian vibes are, that you got from all of this? And is it centered? Is some of that have to do with obviously the floating alien or, you know, whatever just curious is it tied to judy at all great question uh, and yeah absolutely it's 100 tied to judy uh the the whole idea of basically an unknowable uh terrible presence that is affecting people whether they know it or not and the ones who do become aware of it are eradicated like in some way, like mentally, uh, like they, they, they lose their capacities. Uh, it's, it's the whole like staring into the abyss and ending up in the mouth of madness idea of it. Like once somebody realizes that Judy is the thing to look for, then that's pretty much it for their brain. If I told you I'd have to kill you, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And then once they tell you, you are killed. Yeah. <laughs> like they definitely follow through. Every, everybody who looks for anything that is related to Judy either goes crazy 
uh, a la Philip Jeffries and is in Philip Jeffries as well, who lost everything mentally and physically, who is now confined to a tea kettle. Like you, it, it's very, I have no mouth and I must scream. It was the only like you're just prescription for severe hemorrhoids <laughs> at that time. Yeah. A tea kettle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know so if I want to know. <laughs> it's, it would have been good if he was in a cowbell. It's like a neti pot. I was about to say it's a neti pot. I was going to say that. Neti yeah, pot. neti pot. Yeah. I was going to ask yeah. if it was the steam, had something to do with the steam. Yeah. <laughs> We've all seen the commercials for the neti pot bidet. It's. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, it's. That's horrible. <laughs> I don't knock until you try it. Yeah, all the dudes are sitting there going, hey, all right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just check that shit out. Sign me up. <laughs> this is getting a little, a little toxic, so let's tone it down. No way. I have a bidet. It's the best thing to come out of the pandemic. You don't have a oh, steaming yeah. bidet. You got a <laughs> pandemic bidet? Ran out of toilet paper. Got to get a bidet. I have a pandemic bidet, and uh, I like to think I was the forefront for that. And um, yeah, now trend. I'm very interested in one that will also steam your downstairs area. So just hover over your downstairs floor. with the netty bidet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like that—that's what it is. It's this thing that affects the world in a way that people don't even know is happening to them. It's driving people crazy. It's causing murders. It's making—it's making monsters. Like whether it's you know, a Lovecraft story where people are turning into fish, or it's this where and people are, are turning into percolators or you know, ash-covered woodsmen. It's it's extremely Lovecraftian, and you would be really remiss to say that it's not at least in some way influenced or inspired by just the idea of a monster that is beyond your knowing that is affecting your reality. And when people go after it, they are never the hero. They are just the victims. Yeah. That's badass. Tyler, who's Judy? Uh, I'm going to be just so honest. I don't fucking know. Who's Judy? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Patrick, I have a question for you. Who is Judy? It's something that I don't know that I can pinpoint down to one thing, because when you immediately say Judy, my mind, I think, well, first and always just go to Philip Jeffries talking about Judy. It's just embedded in my brain. I can hear it right now. But then I start thinking about anything that either references what we think is Judy, whether it be the experiment in the glass box, which I personally think is the same thing in part eight, birthing Bob. But also the symbols. We haven't talked. There's like there's so many things that could be symbols for Judy. I think about the white horse because it's so associated with Sarah Palmer, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, but it appears with Sarah Palmer. Well, it appears to Dale Cooper in the Black Lodge, but it also appears all over Part 18 once they cross over have sex and bring judy into the world because you've got the white horse in front of the restaurant you've got the white horse on the mantle at carrie page's house and then the symbol yeah and then 
we can talk about that too. <laughs> we'll talk uh, about that later. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. Uh, and the symbol that's on the playing card uh, that Mr. She- Mr. C shows Daria. Uh, that's just the black dot with like the little antennas or antlers. I don't, know, ever, don't look at it. Yeah, an ant, um, which is also shown um, uh, in the papers from the chair that Major Briggs left for Bobby, and it's also on Hawk's living map. Um, so the symbol that we don't want to know anything about <laughs> uh, is just when I start thinking about Judy, I think of all that stuff because it's just it's all connected. So, the roots run so deep. Like yeah. the fact that Hawk does have this map and off of the secret history uh, prologue that took so long that we're like, where is this going? Like there's very heavy implication that the Native Americans that were in the area had some precognizance of this either having always been there or coming to pass at some point. Like it's that, yeah. it's that uh, inevitable influence that somebody somewhere obviously somehow heard about or saw in a vision. I don't know if there was, a, there was no mention of any shaman or soothsayers that had an experience where they saw this kind of thing. It's just always, in record like these mm-hmm. people knew and they, they communed with another world that had some sort of supernatural abilities that allowed them to uh, almost like lord of the rings style slip into another plane and escape pursuit and almost teleport from place to place so there are a lot of different powers at work here and i think that that connection to that realm somehow inspired them to know this judy jade whatever it is whatever is represented by this symbol like somebody knew that this was an approximation of what this thing is going to look like Mm -hmm. they they were warning everybody (laughs) like this is the problem yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I immediately thought of the giant for some reason. Yeah, 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 the giant, warning. yeah. Warning. Like everything well, you're doing is going to lead to this getting into your personal life. Like yeah. you, Cooper, are going to come face to face with Judy if you do this thing. Or this if you let of, this happen. Because he was sweet on Annie. Yeah. Yep. Norma's daughter. <laughs> yeah. All goes back to Annie. No, I also, Dave, I also have a theory that Shelly's one... the White Queen, but we'll discuss that later. That's another episode. Audrey's the White Queen. I can't wait. Oof. No, it's Shelly, man. Shelly. It's for sure Shelly. <laughs> it's um... Nadine. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Nadine's, Nadine's the, what is it? Uh, what's the, the rook? Tread the one that comes out of nowhere. I think you should like Lily, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nadine's the um, manual. You immediately they... throw away. Dave, I'm glad you you did bring up to with the fireman because I was because along with the symbols, I have the sounds because I have the sounds of Judy, uh, and the sounds that I immediately think of that pertain to Judy is when the fireman plays the like 
record screeching, whatever have you ever wanted to describe the noise that he plays for him that we hear also when Laura gets snatched away in the woods. Uh, I also yeah, think of the mother uh, banging on the right, 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 yeah the scratching. scratching yeah 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 and I think of the mother banging on the door in the mob zone um, with my mother is coming and then um, the sounds of the white horse at the end of part eight at the very very end like as the credits start to come up you can hear the white like a horse just well I mean it could be any horse but I think it's the white horse. I bet it was a brown horse. Uh, could have been a brown horse. Could have been. Wow. Uh, but the episode, unseen horse. But the episode revolves so much around Judy, what I think is Judy, that I think all of that is, is this, connected. Is Judy the? Is that the same thing as the frog moth? That is a great question. Great Tyler. question. Yeah. Because so. The answer is yes, but I want to know what yeah. you think. Sure. Well, here's what. Let me tell you what. I, let me tell you what I think. Quick, and somebody can put me in my place. Um, but the frog moth. Well, I've been waiting for this. Oh, it's gonna be good. Uh, the frog moth, uh, as you know, crawls into a girl's mouth. I think it's Sarah, based on things I saw in the return, and it gets more confirmed in the final dossier. However, I do think a lot with Sarah. This is where the jumping man comes in and I get so confused about the jumping man because I don't know what to make of the jumping man. But with the frog moth having a very pointy nose. I did my nose, masters. They... <laughs> did oh, my on master's. the jumping man. Perfect. Jumping I can't man. wait. The jumping man is uh, the fun that yeah. men do. So the frog <laughs> moth. Oh my God. Amazing. So the frog moth has a pointy nose. We see that when Sarah takes her face off, uh at the bar uh there's a point and then when we see the jumping man coming down the stairs at the dutchman's if you freeze frame it you it looks to me and it's also in the final dossier on the last page a screenshot of it it looks like sarah palmer's face superimposed on the jumping man so there's a jumping man connection to to sarah i don't know if the jumping man and I assume it is, it's related to Judy because the only times we ever see the jumping man are when Philip Jeffries is around. And what does Philip Jeffries talk about all the time? Judy. He does actually doesn't talk about Judy. He doesn't yeah. want to. He does though. <laughs> That's the thing. He does. He says he doesn't, but then he does. In saying he's not, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so, just one of those so, people. So I don't know if What if the jumping is... man is a conductor? Yes. Train hmm. or music? <laughs> or electricity electrical <laughs> electricity Ooh. yes like run that that game from 30 rock homonym it's a no it's actually the third one <laughs> what if what if the jumping man is an electrical conductor that is the physical manifestation of a thing that is needed to complete a circuit that allows judy to touch this earthly plane and be so he's just the operator between the two worlds. He's just the the switch. He's he's yeah. where the current's coming he's, in. His, he his holds that voltage and he sends it back goes out down like an on the record player. On the record player, it's the needle on the record player, and that's the sound <laughs> that giant plays. For and he, and he's, keep doing these actions. Yeah. He's, he's holding a slingshot and he slingshots the 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 load shot. Let me Wing the shot. The, the, the load? 
<laughs> yes, the load. Yeah, shoot the load. load. He shoots yeah. the load. He shoots the load. Why are we talking about Jim Sarah Palmer? He We're shoots Judy's load. Jumping man shoots his load. Something. Where? Thinking about Dave. electrical loads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping we were Ladies and gentlemen, he's really good with words, trust me. He thinks everything through before he says them. I like that idea of it being a conduit or some sort of electrical charge or something. Like just for some reason the jumping motion makes perfect sense with electricity. Like he's, he's like, a dynamo? He's like a herald. Hear ye, hear ye. Oh. Judy. Oh, I thought Harold Smith. We were oh, talking about Harold Smith. Are you looking for secrets? Uh, no. Let's is not, not a good Harold into this. Don't bring Harold into this. He what if Harold is a Harold? <laughs> he has well, all the secrets. He... Look at Dave. Look at Dave. Look at Dave's face. <laughs> and drop. So I'm thinking that Harold's orchids know all the secrets, actually. <laughs> We are wildly off topic. Yeah. <laughs> they are very No, we're feminine. still on. So they fit into the motherly matriarchal Orchids theme. look like vaginas. Listen, guys, it's true. Georgia Electrical loads. left us with anything. It we know. Orchids look like vaginas. vaginas. And for him to have uber feminine uh, flowers that he takes care of, very well could know all of the secrets. He does utter, utter the word labia, doesn't he? No, he does not. <laughs> Who would he be talking about labia to? The man I thought he was... What, he says something really sexual about... Labellum. Labellum. Yeah, That's not right. labia. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So different. Next. <laughs> we need to talk about uh potential hosts for judy because when you look at judy and uh, as it was compared to uh by some of you when in your answers uh to being like a you know but with leland being or bob being sorry bob being a host for leland judy who is judy a host for and in, in the return i think so i mean we were just talking about sarah palmer i was obviously very confused because of the jumping man he kind of was he was the jumping man is something that was always just kind of throwing a little wrench when I think about Judy because I just then I start thinking about jumping man and I'm like well what's his deal but I like what we just discussed and that's very good Mr. Ring my talk about Judy video my theory is the jumping man is like a um like one of her minions the same way that the, the grand Mrs. Tremont if you think of, if, if you Pretend for a second, just go with me, that that's this matriarchal demon is maybe the grandmother from the convenience store in Firewalk with me, Mrs. Gilmore. And and if you believe that Jaude is what's at inside mm -hmm. the Palmer house at the end of the return, she says her name's Tremond, right? Right. Yes. Tremond, right. So I think that the the jumping men, the jumping man is a kind of a a an, an evil magician, so to speak, right? Like the same way, like arguably Dale Cooper is a good magician in the human world. Jumping Mr. Man C is, is definitely an evil magician. Magician, yeah. <laughs> so uh, David Lynch told the guy that played the Jumping Man that you are a, uh, a talisman come to life. That's why you've got a him holding 
this like branch thing. He's got like a thing. So it's kind of like a, an owl, kind of like the bird. Yeah. It's kind of a, a bird thing. Okay. But I, I take, is I, it not like I, a mask? Like, is it like an old apothecary? Well, there's that the too. I mean, there's, the, there's like the definitely black doctor. Right, right, right. So, I mean, there's, we could go. Well, the again, boy, like the, the boy wears the mask with. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, so right, the, yeah. she says that this is my grandson. He's practicing or he's studying or learning magic. So like, he's one of those dudes in training. So he's got the mask and he's out in our world. Remember in the parking lot, motel parking lot, he's jumping around and he's holding the same thing and he's got the mask. So he's like, it's just my take is like, he's like one of those dudes in training. So if you think that Judy, if the jumping man, let's say is a minion or a worker bee for Judy, that's why he has Sarah Palmer's face because Judy is inhabiting Sarah Palmer. So like what he's looking at, Judy can see too. So Judy knows that Mr. C is mm. going to visit Philip Jeffries. Okay. So like, so those scenes, yep. you're right. Like if you freeze frame it, it is, it is Grace Zabriskie's face, like superimposed on the, if you freeze it on that, it is her face yep. on there. So I just take it as are if you are an evil guy an evil thing that is like a minion or a servant or attracted to or or works for or works with uh either the woodsmen because the woodsmen are in the convenience store scene too from firewalk with me right i i can even throw all that out the window and say that's all bullshit because he's also always tied to philip jeffries like he's always yeah. or like First time you see David Bowie, the static comes in and you see the, the jumping man is the first thing you see. And then uh, in uh, the return, right, he's going up the stairs. The first time you see the jumping man is on those stairs. And then you see him again when Cooper goes back, right? Um, and then there's something weird. I don't know if you ever noticed this. I totally lost my mind when I saw this. But when Mr. C is talking to Philip Jeffries, when he goes above the convenience store, if you look behind him, there is a lamp that's got like a red base, the way the light is hitting the lamp with a, with this red base, it looks like the jumping man, it's got like a point, it kind of looks like a circle with a point and then like a red, like bust. Like, it's really abstract. It's just oh. like a circle and a point and it looks like shoulders and a top of, so like, if you look at it a certain way, it looks like the jumping man is standing kind of in the shadows, looking at like watching all this shit going on. Does anybody I've not seen even, that, uh, and that even, means it's time for a rewatch. Yeah, even further, uh, further goes into my theory that she's like a he's like a spy for Judy, or he's I like that a lot. Yeah, a yeah lot, that's great. A whole lot. The talisman I, I, come I, to I, life is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So that's the, like the apothecary. Like, so there's this whole like kind of like a cult. I haven't even brought up that stuff yet. That's no, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to that. That's a whole nother like, thing. <laughs> Whole nother yeah. layer. So great anyway. tease. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I do have to punch a big hole in your theory that uh, Jumping Man is a minion of Judy's because he's do this. never shown any interest in a banana. Banana. Lost. You lost me. Sorry. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm old. I'm old. Is I'm that a Weezer old. song, young man? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am very sorry. It is a reference to the minions of course of despicable yes. me fame. yes a banana oh, oh okay 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 oh. gotcha gotcha i laughed like i knew what was going on but well, we I are so impressed jasmine thank you you had me convinced
I've been working on it. It's that. also just funny hearing Dave say that. Banana. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Banana. But I also just My- thought of the monkey from Firewalk with me, and I, that made me laugh. Well, <laughs> for all we know, that monkey might be Judy. Well, might have been introduced to himself. Say? Let me go ahead and tell you this, right? <laughs> the monkey could be a minion. Himself, right? The monkey, the monkey is Judy. Got off the horn with David Lynch earlier. Oh, the, he doesn't, which he horn, doesn't hate you was anymore? It, was it said Tyler Horn or Ben Horn, Richard Horn? Which horn? Listen. Don't make that joke. The horn is not an object. <laughs> in it's that sense. So the monkey is Judy. The monkey Monkey's says Judy. Judy. The monkey is a Pokemon. Twin Peaks is in the Pokemon <laughs> universe. Pokemon. My best friend. <laughs> I want to talk really quick about because we've never really uh, gone into it a whole lot because it was for one it was a long time ago and it's not like you can really go into it the first time you're seeing it especially with Tyler without just like could it be talking about spoilers but it wasn't if you play it back (laughs) but back in part two uh, after Mr. C kills Daria he thinks he's talking to Philip Jeffries I want to talk about this because I love this so much. Mr. Ring knows where uh, you're headed. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he says the voice on the other end, he thinks it's Philip Jeffries. He's, you know, saying that Mr. C is going to go back in tomorrow and they're going to be with Bob again and that they missed him in New York. So, again, me, I think that it's Judy, somehow Judy, because what we see in well, in parts one and two is the experiment coming through New York. That's when we top see New secret. York City. So we've seen New York. Yeah, top secret. <laughs> we've top secret. It's the only time we've seen New York. Um, so I think that somehow that's Judy. I don't know how and what way. But I tried to find this thread and I could not find it. I could have sworn. I don't know if anyone of you know this, but I could have sworn somebody at some point took the audio and it could just been fabricated i have no idea but i could have sworn i saw it or heard it like three or four years ago that it sounded whenever they mess with the audio they thought it sounded like grace zabriskie sounds voice i don't know if that was and then the soundcloud link that i did find was gone (laughs) like the link didn't Uh exist anymore yeah it was just totally gone (laughs) um i I like thinking about that, especially like being with Bob again. It's a double meaning. It mean, you know, it's it's Judy being with Bob again. It's also uh, Sarah being with Leland um, again, mm. and I think that's very interesting. Um, but I really like that scene just because we he thinks it's not Philip Jeffries, and I, as the audience, was like, I don't know who this is, but it's probably not Philip Jeffries. So, yeah. I would agree that I like I thought that that was Judy as well, and I I didn't see that thread about it maybe being Grace Zabriskie's voice, but that immediately made me think of the episode where Hawk goes to check in on her and her voice. I mean, she's been smoking a lot, but her voice is very deep and raggedy, and like it's been a while since we watched The Return. Like, obviously, we're making our way there on Damn Fine, but it does feel like it's a pretty deep voice on the other end of that call, right? So. Well, and there's something else in the house with her as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I could be, could be jumping and jumping man. 
we don't know. <laughs> jumping man making breakfast making all that noise yeah could have been a horse yeah. and we we know grace and brisky <laughs> to be pretty method when it comes to this character so whatever is going on with that character and the the ways that she is involved and anything outside of the sarah palmer proper character we know she's going to go all in so whatever performance she delivered there uh maybe she did like practice for weeks to speak in a much lower register and deliver a a male-coded dialogue right over that speaker uh, i remember uh when we had the privilege of being in the Palmer house that so we were speaking with Mary Reber, she was talking about when Grace came into the house for the first time to shoot for the return and approached her and took her hand. It was just like, like respect this place basically because, because of her connection with it. Oh, and I got like, just, yeah. Got, mm -hmm. it, Are they multiplying? <laughs> And I'm losing control. I can't lose something I never had. And... So don't worry about that. <laughs> Wish and Big Ed was in response. Greece. <laughs> uh, Would have been great. But yeah, like just hearing that uh, made me realize that Grace Abriski has so much love and respect for this series and the content that it would on no level shock me if they came to her one day and was like, you are the vessel for this thing to speak to him now through the speaker as somebody else for her to go home do her homework and just basically train to speak in a way that could be read as somebody completely different well you even saying that now just took me back to the season two finale where she's basically a vessel for who we assume is Wyndham Earl when she gets taken right. into the double r diner by Dr. Jacoby and she's like, I'm in the Black Lodge with Del Cooper. I mean, that could very well be Judy, mm -hmm. which actually brings me just going to transition quick to the other. When I was looking at like just kind of researching different theories of just who people think Judy would be a host for. The other popular one was Laura, but not Laura, but like Laura's doppelganger kind of more specifically. And that being when the monkey says, Judy, at the end of Fire Walk With Me, the next thing you immediately see is Laura washed up. And then in part 17, when Philip Jeffrey sends Cooper back in time, he says, there you'll find Judy. And then once he does go back in time, the first thing we see is Laura Palmer. I personally don't believe this. I like to lean more on Sarah Palmer, but I think it's something interesting to think about. That is interesting to think about, because what if the original murder was a power play by Bob to keep Judy from being the like controller of everything. Sure. But if it's if it's just this like usurping of the the current queen in power, that's wild to think about. Was Sarah pa like her, mean, was Judy self-aware in Sarah Sarah Palmer in the first two seasons? Well, let me let me walk back a little bit what I just said because I'm pretty certain that the Laura that is murdered is actually the product of whatever was sent to the earth by the White Lodge from the return. When we see the Laura ball get sent out, I'm pretty sure the Laura that was murdered was that, yes. which was kind of the the play against Judy 
but it could have been misinterpreted by Bob as something of similar energy and recognizing that in Lara, like saying that he wanted to be her, like he wanted to be like his mother. But if this like opposite energy looks so much like a mirror reflection of the thing that it is against, maybe he interpreted that as Judy and made that play as a way to step into that role not realizing that what he was actually attacking was the thing that was going to be against Judy proper. I don't know. I'm <laughs> That's obvious. just talking gibberish. Okay, well, I have some gibberish of my own because, well, in my notes I wrote, all right, like I said earlier, if I have to close my eyes for this, I'd have to imagine it. If Jude, Judy vomits out Bob, right? And, and she does. Right, right. Oh, yeah. And Bob becomes what we know him to be. Uh, and oh, oh, okay. A denim loving, denim clad hero. Clearly a Canadian. The denim ideal son. I, I, I like to think of him as like easy writer. That's how I think. <laughs> but nonetheless. No, that's I James Hurley. He's more of I, Denim Dan. James Hurley could never be. <laughs> I'm a Denim Dan man. I will not accept that. <laughs> Strike it from the record immediately. Ball and Judy uh, create Bob and she vomits him down. But Bob, if Judy was, this is where I, my head starts to hurt a little bit and I've got to scratch oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh, I've been if, there, Mills. So Do you if, a lunch massage? I, I know. <laughs> like, He's on to something because once I do this, ideas do come out more freely. Um, that bug crawls into Sarah Palmer, and let's just assume that that was the beginnings of Judy uh, mm -hmm. taking over Sarah. There's this theme that Jasmine and I always talk about on the show with incest and uh, that that type of thing because we know, but Leland is the father of Laura. If this, if this gold orb of this Laura that was sent in from the White Lodge to actually be the combative, like whatever was going to take down Judy and Bob or whatever, but, but Bob created this vessel with his mother <laughs> through Sarah and Leland. And I just like totally like, mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah out and yeah. left I, with this because this brings up that whole question of like an incestual nature which then if bob created um the vessel of laura with his mother uh judy through sarah and leland could it create a good force because are bob and judy battling each other and just like what Dave, you know, just said, then you go on this journey of, oops, I killed the wrong, you know, yeah. like, thing. Oh, darn. <laughs> so does, I like does to- let what me, I said just make sense at yes, all? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and your last points there too is why I lean a little more towards something I've leaned more towards since we started revisiting the return. And this is just me. But when he sends the ball, does kind of look to me like it's going towards it is going towards the united states kind of looks like it's going towards texas i feel like the with because we've seen gold balls being tulpas 
I feel like that's Carrie Page. I feel like he's yeah. making a tulpa oh. and sending it. I like this. Because I mean, we know wow. that the tulpas, when they, like Diane and Dougie, were little gold. It's a gold ball. Gold it ball. is a gold, gold ball. ball. Yeah. I'm, yeah, also, I'm gonna take a moment. I'm gonna take a moment. One real was quick. pulled out of Wyndham Earl's head. Just so all of you know, there was a gold <laughs> ball that was pulled out of that man's head. Yes, right, that's we'll also very interesting to think about. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I just spirit. I, I want to just real quick take a moment to dunk on your theory, Patrick, because it is yes. very hubristic to think that you know the trajectory of that ball going towards Texas. <laughs> right. Listen, like that is. <laughs> right. What do you have? Texas. Texas yeah, like, you're, doing, you're doing a lot of work for the series saying that you can tell what state that ball's headed toward. <laughs> I'm just saying the last Given time the before it, does, it state looks state like it's going. It, oh, let me tell you something. It doesn't look like it's going towards Washington. <laughs> so. uh, it's it's certainly headed towards Rhode Island. <laughs> if my calculations yeah, I, are correct. <laughs> I think beyond that, though, just the fact that it's gold, like the visual language is there so yeah the other evidence that i like that supports that is there's she plays super dumb like dougie plays super dumb and dougie jones carrie page it's a different name i know there's a lot of people that think that's laura and that's totally fine that's just kind of where i've been leaning more in like the past nine months or so the only thing that doesn't fit with that though is that like i mean diane's tulpa is not dumb like right that's a whole nother discussion and is playing a different character when she's carrie page like that's not laura Mm -hmm. yeah and then she gets awakened at the end or is it like like diane's memories start coming back from Mm -hmm. the real diane Mm -hmm. uh yeah and then that diane thinks she's linda by by the end of the day i guess well they crossed it's when they crossed over linda it's like this nothing <laughs> nothing is right and not, and nothing has an nothing answer. is right <laughs> like if, we're to, anyone, if we're trying to solve for x and y there is no solution since uh-uh. we're since we're kind of on it unless anyone has any other potential host theories for judy mm-hmm. i'm pretty much in the that sarah palmer is the host for judy in yeah. in the series yeah. as we know it yeah, oh, yeah you know what i want to say oh i'm so sorry no go ahead well, all I was going to say was perhaps when they <laughs> with the Leia with the gold orb for the good Laura, it went a little past the Twin Peaks reality <laughs> and went into the Carrie Page reality. Um, so it was an error? It was a total error in, in you know, basketball sports terms here. It was a for field sure. goal. And, yes. you know, but I like this idea of the reality because Carrie Page obviously is in a different reality from what we know Twin Peaks to be in. She looks like Laura, but she's got whatever is in that gold orb, which also will throw out my theory of this incestual type thing because they didn't really create, I mean, well, they did create something, but it wouldn't have been what would be to combat the evil it would be she just went to another dimension and uh she didn't end up where she was supposed to be with bob if that makes sense i'm not be just I'm, what, listen, what right if right they now, what if they shot the ball at the wrong earth that's what mm. i'm saying like, it's like totally landing saying. on earth 15b 
What if they're what if they're <laughs> precognition? That vision was the trajectory. Yeah. Is is just a general like it is? It's on Earth. Like that's where it's going. You said it's like, in oh. Earth. Yeah, so like, you didn't, you didn't, like, you we gotta do something about one. this, and then they you send this orb specify. off, but it goes to the wrong earth. Have have we have we discounted the Carrie Page, Laura Palmer, our twins split at birth? I don't like that at all. Because Ooh. she's and, and she's just getting shat on. I don't like Because she has no idea what's going on. I think that she's just the other reality of uh, just the other reality. Not, I don't want to even say Laura because she's not, she's Carrie. Like, she's the this is what I've always said she's the missing page of the diary. I don't think that our earth, Laura, um, knew about other realm reality, Carrie, but for her to be called Carrie Page, it just makes sense that that would be a missing piece of this very important thing that we've all. Which- that's been integrated, you know, throughout all of Twin Peaks, and you never know what it is, but it's not a physical, like, it. it, it is this reality's version of what's missing, the missing piece of the puzzle, which is that the real carry or the real orb is in another reality, and you have not crossed that plane yet, so... I'm crazy. We'll and it, no, nope. and it would make, that sense, make sense that that's a tulpa if you go with the idea that a tulpa is like a thought form brought to life. It's Laura's thoughts brought to life. Yeah. 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 Definitely not crazy. Does anyone have anything else to say about the scene with Mr. C thinking he's talking to Philip Jeffries? Again, in my other video, like that, I. Again, this is all stuff operating in the background. I don't think that this is what the show is about or whatever. I don't even necessarily think it's that important, but I just think it's interesting that, you know, he's holding up the card and he's like, uh, this is what I want. This is what I want. The the symbol, the card, like that's what he's after. Like he's, he's Bob, he's evil. He wants more power or to reconnect with Judy or to become the top dog or whatever. He wants, he wants this dark force, right? That's on Hawk's map that we probably think is Judy. I just think it's interesting because, and then she calls him. So it's like, it's like they're playing, like she is aware that he is after her. And she, I think that she is evading him or trying to figure out, I mean, you know, when the Richard gets uh, annihilated on top of that rock, I think that my original thoughts. Lightning rock. Lightning rock. Yeah. Lightning rock. Oh, lightning rock. Lightning rock. Yeah, I I can make the argument, like a lot of things that could go either way. I can make the argument that that was that's a a trap set by Judy. It was supposed to be Mr. C that she was trying to catch him. Nowadays, if you asked me that a few years ago, that's what I would say. Now I'm kind of thinking that that was a Philip Jeffries and Mike trap based on where these coordinates came from. Whatever, different long story, but that's uh, interesting. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, but you know, yeah, about basically, before, yeah. basically, I missed you in New York. Who else could it be? Who else could it be? Right. right. It says I missed you in New York. Who else could it be? Right. Yeah. It's that thing in the glass box, which we think is yeah. Judy, Trailly. based on the rest of the what happens in the rest of the show. I actually, I have a loose connection for that theory uh, about it being a Judy trap because of. Completely unrelated subject matter, but the, I'm pretty sure a straight-to-video uh, movie, Blair Witch 2, oh, yeah. 
Book nice. of Shadows. I actually love it. I love that. Blair Witcher. Uh, <laughs> Blairier the... and Witchier. <laughs> Blair Witch 2. Blair Witcher. Uh, oh, Blair, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. No yeah. books, no shadows. <laughs> I saw uh, that movie in the theaters. I walked out with my little down. sister. I'm like, so it where was the book? Where was the book? <laughs> where, where, was the was the where was the damn sun? I would argue there were plenty of shadows, but... Uh, was, there, was it all four shadows? Yeah. Ooh. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> and I know four we're not shadow. back in the episode yet, but I, this is just a, a quick loose thing. Uh, Blair Witch not- 2. In Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, there's a whole running thing where there are uh, symbols and messages left in the background of the entire movie that are not really noticeable on first watch, but when you go back through and check it out a few times, I watched it several times because I love it. Uh, when you run them backwards, there are actually messages like seek me no further and other things like people talking backwards that when you reverse it phonetically are things like, like a, mm. I, I will return if you keep this up kind of thing. Uh, but it's... <laughs> Sounds it's aggressive. Whole, yeah, it's, it's this whole, face. like, again, again, this, like, <laughs> mystic evil that is aware that it's being hunted and dropping hints like you need to stop or you're going to get fucked up. They're getting the hell out of there. It's awesome. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I, so full disclosure, like I said, I absolutely hated that movie when I saw it. Took my kid sister to see it. Hated it, hated it, hated it. Never yeah, saw it. Watch again. it 15 and more then, times though. No, 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 no. So then recently, Stop recently, like, like within the last six months, multiple people have been like, man, considering like what you like and what you're into like you should probably revisit that movie like it's not there's some great performances in there and there's some cool shit going on like you should probably that sounds almost check it out insulting again no it's actually what you like it's a mechanically no 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 people telling me that right yeah yeah people know i like you know horror movies and mystical weird shit so they're like hey man like i know you hate blair witch too but you should you should probably check that out again i, I didn't I even know fully agree that it is okay to hate that movie but i i would beseech you to revisit it with like google knowledge and like look <laughs> look for the things that are hidden in it because google it's knowledge. extremely interesting it's it's a puzzle awesome. box of a movie that cool. at face value uh, okay. really sucks a lot like right. sucks <laughs> non-stop oh, oh, yeah. from beginning to end yeah, yeah. but when you know the stuff that's going on that isn't the narrative it's extremely cool awesome that's all i need that's what i like about this (laughs) like i like all the background stuff in this show i like these little patrick what is your background right now what am i looking at it's the it's the is that the fbi in philadelphia yeah 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 Oh, right where Philip Jeffrey shows up. There's Coop. Coop I Taro, know the right? show right so here. well <laughs> because initially I did not realize it was a Zoom background until you made a couple moves that like hid your hands. Because I was like, "Where the fuck are you?" It's in his third rented floor a weird office. office space. Yeah, this is. This I, is I thought I for work. a second about it. This is the office to record. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is anyway. I love Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. Say anyway. 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 <laughs> Can that be a thing? It is. It is a thing. <laughs> That's a great segue. That's a great segue. Anyway. 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 Let's let's talk about uh, two 
Yeah, let's talk about two popular Judy theories that pertain to the end of part 18, which I like to refer to as the positive and the negative. Positive being that Cooper and Carrie won, meaning they defeated Judy. And then the negative meaning Cooper and Electrical. Carrie failed and Judy defeated them. Bum, bum, but bah. it's the presence of two energies, right? Yeah, the positive and the negative. <laughs> God You're the devil. absolutely right. God However you want it. However you want it. Uh, Judy comes in and she's like, I'm here and I'm evil. It's great. So, all right, let's talk about it. Let's start first, though, with the theory that uh, Cooper and Carrie Page are defeated by Judy. Because I like to start here because of the your first watch of part 18. This is a very unsettling uh, first watch. Uh, so Yana may think that they failed because Cooper doesn't know what year it is. Tyler doesn't know what year it is. I didn't. Uh, I know you didn't. <laughs> and with an ending like part 18, moment. as I've heard, as as Dave has said on the show, you can't win. You can't win. Um, so. You mess with open the bull, you get fucked up. Who? Who who thinks who who in the in the panel tonight here thinks that they failed at this moment? Because your your opinion can change any given day. All right, I I see that I'm outnumbered. Well, I don't think. <laughs> well, it looks I, like it's pretty even split, right? It's even split. Well, I didn't yeah. raise my hand. Well, I, I didn't. Well, my it. opinion, but well, my opinion changes pretty often because I mean. I've so said this mine. before too. It's just like, yeah, it changes all. So does mine. Well, and actually, I should say I don't actually know that either one of those things is true. I kind of have a third thing that I think. Sure. Wow, yeah. good, good, good. I'm well, so glad. I'm so glad. You can't hit us I, with that. I <laughs> absolutely can. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> I just want to say that these aren't like the be all end all theories. These are just two very popular theories. Did they? Did they win? Did they lose? Yeah. Um, and, and they're just, they're, they're fun to talk about. Dave? Mills? I'd like to kick off the circle. Uh, I was in the camp that they did win for a while. You, absolute, you absolutely were. I was big into that camp because it seems like the, uh, the, the scream, Carrie Page turning around screaming, all the lights going out. That seemed like a revelation for the character, like remembering her past life and that kind of breaking the glamour of whatever this world is that I, what I always saw as a sort of trap world made by Judy. Like it, it was all a facade. And when Cooper and Carrie kind of come to the same realization at the same time, just like, wait, when is this? that she kind of remembered the past life as Laura from the other world. Like this is a split soul that has kind of been uh, horcrux, you know, across multiple dimensions to kind of go back and look and see the terrible things that happened to her before in another life. That recognition kind of waking her up, causing the scream that shattered that glass to make the lights go out, which was to me, the idea of just like the power being taken away from Judy in that moment, like literally and figuratively uh, to just like shut that house down so that now this world has gone dark because the, the power is gone. That felt like a win to me, but I'm now in a neutral camp where I cannot say it's a win or a loss because this is not the end of the story. 
100%. It's the end of the season. But I right. I realized like at part 16 when I was doing this binge watch where I did five, five episodes in a night. <laughs> when we got to part 16, I said, oh, we don't have time. Mm-hmm. And then part 18 ended and I kind of just threw my hands up and then threw up in my lap. Like, <laughs> why, why is that the end? Because ostensibly not. we're not getting more Twin Peaks proper. Like to me, it was like, why would that be the end? Because David Lynch hates you. David Lynch hates me so much, and it's <laughs> not the end. And I came to that realization not that long ago. It's like that's the end of that season. Yes, and as far as we know, we're not getting more of this story at least yet. But that's as much of the narrative as we get so far. Like. That's not even a cliffhanger. That's just. It's, it's like, like a you, threshold dweller. It's like you're, yeah, it's like you're reading a book and the last 200 pages are blank. Mm. Like we don't have the rest of the story. It's not a win. It's not a loss. It's just what we know so far. It's all you need to know. So I can't, David I, I can't say I'm in. <laughs> I can't say I I'm in. I love that imagery, Dave. I can't say I'm in camp win or lose because I don't yeah. know the story. Yep. I only know what we've been shown so far and there's more. Yeah. But this is as much as we're allowed to see. And this is this is what's so infuriating about this series as a whole. It's it's amazing to talk about and to theorize about everybody's right and everybody's wrong because nobody will say <laughs> one way or the other. No showrunner has ever come out and said you're right or you're wrong to anybody with a theory. David no, Lynch no, da- no. While has... you were using the bathroom earlier, David Lynch gave me a call personally and said oh, that the gold ball the was was going to Texas. It was oh, unbelievable. I was like, "Thanks, man. Yeah. Didn't know you were listening." Yeah. Okay, hey, Patrick, gonna... you're you were right. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna speak to you the way I'm going to speak to my future child. You're a liar. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's true. It all comes back. It's just, it's incomplete. We have incomplete knowledge. We don't know and we won't know because nobody will tell us and I want to put my face through a wall. Like Josie's face through the doorknob? Yes, exactly like that. I don't want the wall to give. I want it to just flex in the shape of my face. And I want somebody on the other side of that wall to see it and have no explanation or context. Do we know anyone that can make a graphic of that? Because I need that. (laughs) I need your face going through a wall. We can, we <laughs> like can do that. We can do that. All right, Tyler. Tyler's on it. Dave, right. come come to my house tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, can do. I'm out of school. Straight A so far. If if I'm going with the theory that Carrie is in, like she got shot into that other dimension, because here, this is what I'm thinking right now. When Coop sure. and Diane crossed over and became Richard and Linda, they went they into Linda another. Tremaine. God, please don't. I'm done with Dick. Let's just say that so they cross into this plane, but this is where this Carrie Page exists, right? But this is not Cooper at the end of 18 with Carrie. It's Richard. It's not Cooper. And when I think about it, I, I I've never once thought that was Cooper in the woods, like wait, that. Oh, that's are you talking not, about not, when Bobby no, no, and no, Mike? No, 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 no. She meant no, no, when, no. like, crossing over when they cross over. Gotcha. When they cross over and they say we may not be the same, oh. whatever, yada yada. Well, they become Richard and Linda. They're the ones that have sex, etc. 
But Richard then drives to Odessa to find Carrie Page. We just think and assume that it's Cooper because he came out of the lodge and he's the one that drove to this line, these coordinates with Diane. But it's it's another reality Cooper whose name is Richard. And in this reality, this is why I say they failed because it's not even the premise of what we started Twin Peaks under, which was that special agent Dale Cooper came to Twin Peaks to solve the murder of Laura Palmer. And by the end of 18, you have got Carrie Page and you have got Richard. And that's why they failed because it's not even... But isn't... Isn't that the same person that is like he calls? He calls himself Special Agent Del Cooper. I know he, he reads he, the letter. He has the knowledge of Cooper. Right. But right. You're, he knows you're the saying, mission. Right. But you're also saying that it, it, that could be the moment when Carrie remembers the past of these two souls like this past life that came. so this just might have happened for Richard earlier. Anyway, I might be talking jibber jabber whatever, but Love it. When I when I get to the end of it, and I really sit and think on it, um, it's not Diane that left him; it's Linda. And Linda's a total. Okay, it's like we talked about this in our season two feedback about what tulpas are and what uh, doppelgangers are, and what these spirits that they're these spirits of ourselves. So, yeah, is it plausible that at some point they could be recalling a past life? They could be calling, recalling a past experience that they went through? Absolutely. Mm. Because they're tapped into that magic of what a doppelganger tulpa, uh, the mythology of that is. So when, I, when we, get to, when we yeah. get to what year is it and we get to everything shutting down in the Palmer house, I don't even think it is, even though he recalls and calls himself Cooper and he has no clue who Richard and Linda are that, but he, but in this moment, in the factual part, quote unquote, factual part of who that these people are supposed to be in this reality, they are Carrie Page and they are Richard Doname. So Mm. anyway, that's why I say they failed. I also have that harebrained theory that Cooper doesn't even exist. That Cooper is dead when, like, he was killed by Wendell Merle, and that's the end of it. And everything right. else, <laughs> like a, a season six of Lost. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like, I really think, or he's in a coma or something. But like at this point, he, everything that's happened from Laura Palmer's death on, when Cooper arrives in Twin Peaks, is all a figment of. Does it work that he is in the coma since he gets shot? Like, could everything? super crazy after the fact that he gets shot be coma yeah so like shot by quick, josie coma, Sorry. yeah i was Sorry. just gonna say or when i presented by- that video of mine there was uh another lady named jc hotchkiss who basically wrote a theory about her theory i don't know if she still believes this i haven't talked to her in years but uh the, her theory was that that Cooper was killed at the hotel and everything since then, including the return has to do with uh, the different stages of uh, death in Buddhism. Yeah. And moving on so, to a higher uh, line. Very cool idea. Yeah. yeah. So I don't separate from the 
stages of grief or am I, yeah. do I need yes. to on that? No, okay. this is this, this is what your body or your soul goes through after your physical demise. And then where your spirit soul ends up, it goes past a bridge. Like there's family, like it's a whole big thing. I think I find it very interesting. I'm going to do some really? um, But Mills, didn't we also talk about how, like, it seems like the wound from Wyndham was in the same place where was, Coop is shot by Josie. Yeah. So even because, all of yeah. that could be part of Definitely. this dream theory. Because when we see him in the lodge at the end of season two, when he's laying next to Caroline, it is the, ex- right. it is the exact oh, same spot. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, miss alias um but yeah like he's shot in this the wound is in the same spot as josie which right i think that josie is somehow connected to judy in some weird way sure. as well but I, well that goes back to well hey so you, you know, know the, the you know well go ahead josie, well no, so, i was just gonna say the bob ingles so, interview about josie yeah so yeah. judy judy, judy is uh was originally yeah going to be uh uh Josie's like twin sister yeah so yeah. Philip Jeffries was gonna okay so you guys know all that so anyway well, no I'm yeah, glad we brought it up coming, like coming. I figured it's 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 oh you don't know that yeah yeah, yeah. oh Dave uh, doesn't know that I don't know yeah. shit so the, so the Bob Engels <laughs> uh Robert Engels who co-wrote Firewalk with me with David Lynch uh is on record saying that people are like what is, what the hell is Judy mean what the hell is Judy yeah. mean and he's like we were just brainstorming different stuff and like I, uh, he said that the original idea was that Josie had a sister back in Seattle, possibly a twin sister, and her name was Judy. And that's that is about as far as it went. I, um, if I mentally me running with that was just kind of like, well, hey, like the same way that you know Cooper is trying to solve Teresa Banks or solve Laura Palmer or gets involved with these, like that's Jeffrey's girl or project or someone he's trying to, he's either trying to, he's either trying to help her out or track her down or rescue her or solve her murder or whatever. But that's why he's like, Judy, Judy, cause he's out of his mind, right? He's out of his gourd. And the, the idea was that they were gonna build on, on that whole, like where Jeffrey's come from, what was he doing? Who was Judy, whatever. And then in the return, they basically retconned that whole thing to represent this larger, you know, evil or however you want to look at it. But the original genesis of it was, um, uh, actually, I think Bob Engel's wife's name is Judy. I can't remember. What? Whatever. Can't do that. Too. I can't, no, I can't. No, no, no. Wait, no I can't. This guy's name is Robert. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's no, no, no. Bob. Bob, <laughs> Bob Engel's Bob. wife. Bob Engel's wife played Trudy, the waitress at the Trudy. Great Northern. <laughs> Sorry, that's, Trudy. that's what it was. Yeah, there's a Trudy. Very oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm not necessarily on board with the he died when he got shot at the hotel thing, but in like the broader perspective, like you said, like maybe he died in Pittsburgh, maybe he died there, but like I'm I am totally on board with the idea that basically when he went into the Black Lodge after Annie, like that was his that was his end and that all of the all of this all of the return basically like if there is a such thing as the real cooper because his shadow self is mr c dougie jones is like this kind of weird half-ass rewire trying to get his soul back to like try to put himself back together but like basically the 
the real Dale Cooper is 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 dead. He's done. And, He's and done. he'll never never come back, right? Yeah. And that the return for sure, you could break it down like the Tibetan Book of the Dead or whatever. And like, uh, oh, is he a resurrection of himself in some way? My yeah. new theory is that that nurse who took the ring from Annie is Judy. Ooh. What I like is that you always tie it back to that. I <laughs> love that. Always that nurse. Loves that nurse. It's such a big moment. It needs more. It is. <laughs> I totally agree. Because like, I agree where does it go from totally. there? Right. Yeah. What's her deal? me off. Yeah. What's her deal? Nurse Judy. I, I already dropped my theory about the nurse, nurse in an episode, and I was completely off base. Oh, I have a question. So when Jeffries is in the in the percolator, um, as and he always is. Well, yeah, and he spits out. Right, yeah, but he spits out the these coordinates, and he knows Judy and you know all this stuff. Uh, but we talked about the symbols for Judy. I mean, do we think the symbol of the owl cave, and then the like, does that also, or would or would we still call that a symbol of something? bob related like the owls and and twin peaks and and that because it, it seems funny that it would be so present also in this moment where we're talking about judy in the return um i don't know i'm just throwing that out there because i'm really just a lot of a lot of things are rambling around it. let me tell you something i was super let down by the owls what? they were exactly what they said wow. They were not. I saw an owl and I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean a (laughs) R-I-L? I-R-L? In in real life? Real in life. Really in life. (laughs) Oh, R-I-L, yeah. (laughs) I just feel like the owls didn't have as much of an impact on the show as everyone tried to make it out. Well, I I like to look at you right in the eyes and go, you're a liar. Let me point you to what Dave, Dave's part 18 connection, because that blew my mind and made me think it was all about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like 100%. I don't remember that. Is <laughs> when Dave lost it in part 18. That means he Basically making like the owls with like how the, uh, how Alice Tremont you know, takes over a house. How owls take over homes. How take, you know, I, that whole. I, I, did you just say owls Tremont though? I did say Owl's Tremond. Okay. It's perfect. I remember this. Owl's Tremond. And I retract my complaint. (laughs) Great. If if you look at the idea, and I don't know, because again, I lean towards the gold ball going to Odessa. But if you look at the idea of... You're getting more specific. I know. Well, with Laura getting snatched away uh, when Cooper's leading her through the woods... Because what happens there? She gets snatched away and placed into the world by Judy, into the trap world, the dream world. Yes, exactly that. Um, Because if she can just snatch people away, it's not like completely unthinkable that, I mean, because when I think of the... Think of all the characters that have just gone missing. Right. Well, I think about... I can't even list them. Well, I go back to the Harold Smith thing with the Tremond house with, uh, you know, back in season two where we see like the real owner an episode or two later 
when Donna goes there, it's almost as if like time stood still. Yeah, or is I think it the real Donna had the address wrong? Maybe they're all <laughs> maybe they're all seems the like, same. Right. Yeah. But she did okay. have something. So Judy changed it so that it was still the address that she needed her to go to. Right. But she did have something to give Donna. Yeah. Which of course was read right by Cooper, which I is I almost thought I don't know. It was weird because her name was like also Tremont, I guess. Mm. Um but it's not even that far fetched for like a Sarah to exist in that trap world and just to get snatched away as well, just like Laura did to get replaced by a Tremond, like in that moment, just the way mm -hmm. Donna visited the Tremonds when Cooper and uh, Carrie go to the house. I mean, and that just makes Cooper's mission impossible. Take that, Tommy Cruise. <laughs> Donna's the worst. Yeah, well, and I think that <laughs> lends more credibility to the idea that maybe they didn't win. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they lost. Because Judy is like fully in control or whatever negative entity or evil force or whatever is against Cooper is way yeah. more in control. And see, and I like all that too, but then I, that's when I'm like, I'm again, I'm like, Dave, I'm like, I'm neutral. I'm like, well then, but they, Richard and Linda, Diane and Cooper, however you want to look at it, did the, were on their mission, had the sex ritual to bring Judy into the world to trap Judy and get rid of Judy, basically suicide mission. I even said it in part 18. I was like, well, they wanted a cost because it was like at, Laura had to relive yeah. her trauma. Yeah, you totally. Know? So. I mean, my only, like, I agree. I'm kind of in a neutral space. I have a third idea of what has happened at this quote-unquote end of the story but my only sort of um evidence or like point towards them losing is the idea that Twin Peaks is just about cycles and things happening again and again and mm -hmm. we often see really sad endings I mean if we just think to yeah. the season two ending the heroes lost big time Oh, so, 100%. I mean, maybe the only happy ending that we get is in Fire Walk With Me. And even that is an incredibly bittersweet ending that came yeah. at a huge sacrifice. So, I don't know. And to me, that scream that our scream queen Cheryl Lee gives is just like, what a feast of Garm and Bosia. Yep. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. Total feast. Yeah. Like a feast bag. Like, here's everything you like. Cooper snatched that all away, but now here, giving it all back. All like, you're, back. At, you're at the buffet table and you go, <laughs> What? Nobody brought a casserole. And then just suddenly a casserole dish appears. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the now I'm <laughs> Now I'm satisfied. Yeah. And I guess, uh, like, one other thing for me is that the more I rewatch the return, the more I start to think that the fireman's clues at the beginning of the return are actually a warning. There's 12 clues. Sure, they're definitely more than the three clues. Yeah, <laughs> always more. But they're more of a warning that like Cooper's already done this. Don't do it again. You already failed. Stop going in this loop. Yeah, and you know, the you know, the main clue that he gave him that would signal that would be two birds with one stone. Why is that? Because am, am I remembering this wrong? But was it this part of the Blue Rose? Was it something mm. like yeah. well, Gordon does repeat that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like two birds right, yeah. one stone to me would signal like this is a danger. You're that you're 
you're repeating a cycle two birds with one stone as in like you know I don't know where I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this I, I, <laughs> I have it bolded I want to be there with you no like same take me on the journey Mel <laughs> no take us there sketch <laughs> Yeah. I have it bolded because it was said it was it had something to do with when Jeffries was around in in the Blue Rose Task Force. Something was mentioned during that time where it was two birds once to kill two <laughs> birds with one stone. Well, I two think it's yeah. Yeah, Gordon says it, right? Yeah, Gordon yeah. says that Cooper told him that that's what he was going to do, kill two birds with one stone, yeah. which that always confused me because I don't know when the hell that scene with the giant takes place. That's one of the biggest oh, mysteries of the show to me. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Mr. Ring. <laughs> no, never mind. No. No, no, that's oh, the, no, 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 it's true. That's that's that is a mystery. No one knows when that is. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, I, I could I could no, I can make the argument that it's literally when we see it, it's like the beginning of the show. It's it's some time that's happened in the last 25 yeah. years that Cooper has sure. been on the other side and he, I bet it's in season four. The other right. But hey. <laughs> Some people think that it happens after, and that's right, like after yeah. they go back. Yeah, that's when they the go back to starting scene, position, and that's the beginning of the cycle well, again, right? Which I also want to link back to the end of season two when we get that scene at the double R with Bobby and Shelley and Heidi repeating the dialogue. There are these yeah. weird loops that we get where things start over. Yeah, so. it's like the same yeah. thing over and over yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, Heidi's yep. the best. Yeah, one hundred percent. Facts. I, I would like to say that uh, Judy wins. Owls win. Because Owls win. if there's one thing that women are very good at, it's that they let you think you won. Well, please let the two women And they won. <laughs> Expand on this great point. toxically masculine point of view. Well, actually, I think I just delivered it perfectly. It's, it's, he's he's not that far off. Yeah, he's cu- it's called a damn fine fact. So just so you know, <laughs> correct. Yeah. So for the first time, Tyler is completely correct <laughs> about his show theory. Crushed it. <laughs> Crushed it. Nothing but net, baby. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Well, we Why I mean, we did. Yeah, we we loosely talked about the positive, but I I did want to at least intro that by saying if you haven't watched Take the Rings, talk about Judy video. I've seen it. You should go watch it. Hey, Take the Ring. Uh, Three of those are mine. (laughs) You're welcome. So I might just turn it to Mr. Ring here because you might can at least you know explain this better than i can basically that video was first video on my channel and i whipped it together in like two weeks and it was basically everything that i thought was about judy and then also the big whatever happy ending or controversial whatever like that's what's known as the uh, david auerbach theory david auerbach is a writer and coder and uh he <clears throat> He basically made this blog post and it was just like, here's what I think is going on. Which was retweeted by Kyle McLaughlin. By Shut the, the way. fuck up. Oh, nice. Uh, I love it. So um, he liked Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin retweeted and goes, there's some interesting stuff going on in here. 
And like, uh, no. Couple, right. So I I don't think he uh, does. <laughs> he <has no> clue. <laughs> yeah. I'm also on team doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Um, but so basically I was kind of where Dave was at, like, hey, this is um they get sucked into a Judy world and uh, they've got a plan, but uh, I'm not sure what happens at the end. I was kind of like emotionally wiped out by the last two episodes. Like I had no idea. And I, but I, I kind of was like piecing it together in my own mind. I was kind of like, Dave was like, Hey, whatever happened, like Laura and the scream or whatever, like shattered everything. So I don't know exactly what happened and emotionally like the tone it's super dark and sad so you're just like well this can't be a quote-unquote happy ending but this is some sort of showdown this is some sort of uh you know um obviously has to do with laura and her past and the scream and all of that i just i don't know uh but auerbach is the guy that basically and even he admitted that he kind of was inspired by a random Reddit post. And the idea is that it's not Judy's world. This is part of the plan. It's Bobby's this, world. This world is created by, or even if it's not created by, this is part of the Giants plan with Cooper and by extension, uh, Philip Jeffries and Major Briggs and probably Gordon sort of. Uh, at least at least on our in the real world he kind of this is the this is the plan that gordon has mentioned right yeah um killing two birds with one stone i take the two birds as being bob and judy uh bob is defeated in the real world because of the, the, the coming out of the doppelganger or whatever however uh i don't want to go through got the glove though wouldn't it yeah exactly uh, and even if you don't think that Bob is defeated, there's a guy that looks like Bob that Laura, that Carrie Page yep. shot on her couch. In the house. By the way. Yep. So there's that. As you were asking about earlier, Tyler. What? Right. And he's got, like, his stomach is open where it almost looks the like orb. a freaking like Bob ball comes out. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. So yeah. basically, the idea is like, hey, um, because the giant, the fireman, shows Andy the number six pole in Odessa, Texas. And he tells yeah. Cooper yeah. that two birds with one stone and that this is, uh, it is in our house now. It is in our house now. It is in our house now. Symbolize or the squeaky noise on the microphone or on the mega, the gramophone. 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 Yeah. Microphone, dictaphone, gramophone. The Phone. Gramophone. <laughs> So many, um, too many phones. So basically, like, just basically wait until like, they start transfers. This is some <laughs> he they remove Laura from the timeline. Um, Judy freaks out because she's inside Sarah Palmer, and if Laura is is now safe, uh, this is denying. Uh, Ju if Judy's really feeding on Sarah's pain and guilt and whatever, if Laura is safe then she can't feed on Sarah anymore. And Laura is removed to another world, another timeline, a parallel dimension, just somewhere else. And that uh, 
basically the scream is yeah exactly was it jasmine said like it is um it's a lifetime of pain and suffering and she basically overloads the circuit just like dougie jones sticking a fork in an outlet yes just like mm. yep. all of that with and, a scream and i didn't get into this in my video but dude goes way into and i'm so into this like i want to make a video just about this but um basically this is all outlined in hawk's map where you have the gold corn that turns to black corn yep. that creates this energy and the idea is that laura was this golden orb and off screen her whole life of pain and suffering now this is like concentrated black corn like if laura is gold corn and she goes through a life of hell now this is solid black basically like a bomb ready to go off yeah. and when she realizes that she when she remembers that she's laura palmer which i think she is i think that that's all a metaphor the fact that she doesn't know like that's all a metaphor like that happens in real life people repress traumatic memory and they can't remember things right, right. now maybe probably not to that extreme but if you notice when Cooper knocks on her door and he says, Laura, and he says, Sarah, yes, she denies it, but she has these moments where she's like, she has these moments yeah. where she pauses and she's reflecting and she like, almost like looks. And then he said, you, you know, your mother, Sarah. And she was like, did you yeah. say Sarah? And then she's like, no, she no, no, no. I'm more to I'm, Sarah. I'm, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So she does react, but she's still kind of in denial. And I think at that final moment, she whether that's judy teasing her or whether that's subconsciously she hears her mom's voice so when she hears laura the word laura coming from the house that's what triggers her and she screams and that is the release of this yes it's what judy feeds on but it's so much that it's like over it it's the it's that black corn that turns into the fire and it's so much that it overloads the circuit. That's why you have the electrical pop. And then that world is destroyed, whatever reality they're in. So I don't like it when people call it a happy ending because like everybody fucking right. dies. Yeah. Right. Laura, right. Like said, Laura's yeah. dead. Laura's dead. Right. Cooper's dead. There's Diana, sacrifices. she's still in there, is dead there. Like, just like you said with Fire Walk with me, like, this is a quote, I guess it's a happy ending, but at a huge, huge, huge cost, yeah. right? So that is what my video is about mixed in with kind of my own theory, Judy being the, the Tremont lady and some of that other stuff. Now, what I wrote down here real quick for my notes, um, I'm, I'm all over the place. Like it's whatever, basically I wrote, this I pulled this from another video that I'm working on that'll probably never get done. So I'm just going to read it here. But it's like it. it's kind of, it's kind of perfect that the two predominant theories are Judy wins or Judy loses. I was like because you know we know with the infinity loop and we know that now how the story is this way. Um, because the struggle of good and evil is a constant thing, and time is cyclical and these struggles are cyclical and i mean you get into the whole cycle of uh, abuse right with leland and the, the whole thing so because all of this stuff is cyclical um 
and that this is a constant struggle, it, it, it makes like you can decide. It's up to you to decide. Yeah. Does yeah. Judy win or not? Like it depends on my mood. There are days where I just want to wipe every human being off of this planet. Are you okay? Okay. No. I'm not. I mean, yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, I'm just saying, like, there are days where I'm just like, there's no hope for nobody. Like, what's yeah. the point? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. and then there are other days like, well, okay, you know, hey, we got, you know, whatever. Like, we can do better. Let's do better. But it's like, so, you know, the viewer can decide. Um, and then uh, what the log lady says, what will be in the darkness that remains? Laura is the one. So it's up to you. Is there light in the darkness or not? Is there hope for this world or not? And Lynch and Frost with this ambiguous ending basically leave it up to you. And I'd like to add that Frost having the last word kind of in the final dossier, the last line of the final dossier is never give up ever. Right. So regardless of what you think it means, like this is a struggle that's going to continue forever. And you, you can decide the it's up to you to decide so like who wins or who not who doesn't you know oh so i beat you we got a lot of hand raises <laughs> <laughs> i know david mills you want to you arm wrestle for it you want no, no foul means <laughs> rock, rock paper scissors no i will okay. destroy you at rock paper scissors go ahead okay, we only arm go. wrestle here yeah it's all arm wrestle you gotta guys. you gotta arm wrestle the bottom one of them, one of them is not gonna go on shoot <laughs> rock paper scissors shoot that's what i do is how it counts okay, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> All right. Rock. Rock. Paper. No, uh, wait. Nope. Nope. Can't do this. Rock. Green, paper, paper. Scissors. scissors shoot. Shoot. God. <laughs> so so I go. So it's me. Yeah. You, do you not know the rules? Paper covers. <laughs> oh, I wanted to make sure you knew that I beat you. Um, so I go. That's it's why me. I said God. <laughs> that tracks. Unbelievable. Uh, so yeah. Pretty much from like halfway through when Jeremiah was talking, I came up with a brand new theory and a brand new stance on the win loss. I love when you do this, Dave. This is my favorite thing ever. Let yeah. me get another drink. Have time. <laughs> Say a lot while he's gone. I think he can hear you, but he can't talk. But I can't see him. So I just have to say that anybody that puts any stock in right Hawk's map can hear. Keep talking. Why it's a living map is garbage. Uh, where, the, where the hell was that thing in the first two seasons? It's the Mars. What are map. you hawking about? Somebody What's had to create it. Wasn't it on the chalkboard, kind no. of in no. a way? Okay. No. Right. no, Andy drew that, but, and he got it wrong according to Brady. That was Andy's map. Shut your shut your mouth. Yeah, and poor Andy with his drawings. Andy does the 4-H club could oh be involved. God. You're right. The 4-H club. <laughs> so, Jeremiah, you were we're talking, talking about, about uh, the win-loss idea and how it's not really applicable because it's part of the plan. And as you said that, I thought about it, and I feel like my stance is now it was never part of the plan for... Cooper and Carrie slash Laura to end up at that spot at that time. The fact that they were in Judy's house was not planned. They are in her house now. I feel mm. like this is her home base. And she never expected this to be the case, mm. that he would come in right. with her in tow 
and challenge who was living at that house. And I think that's what short-circuited the whole system. Like, it is in our house now, could be said by Judy in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, this thing oh, yeah. that's not supposed to be here is invading now. And that system does not know how to handle that. So it just breaks the code. That's the lights going out. That's her screaming. That's not a win or a loss. It's just a, it's just a glitch in the matrix. It's a matrix like. This was my not only part thing, of the plan, and the universe does not know how to respond. So it my all only thing just about that is shuts that down. They summoned her into that world though via the sex magic. Mm. I agree. And see, I kind of disagree because you're wrong, Patrick. And no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying he's wrong. I, this. No, no. And again, everything everybody thinks and yeah. everybody decides, every theory is absolute garbage. Yes. Nobody knows what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> this series will never give you answers. None of this mm-hmm. matters. True. But I'm glad you say that because I think that is really important just as an overall it, statement. It, it's like, 100%. We're really important to understand that yeah. like, nobody should ever come after somebody else when no. it comes to a Twin Peaks discussion because you don't know, I don't know, nobody's wrong and nobody's right mm-hmm. everything that's is the, neutral. that's the fun of it too yeah everything mm-hmm. is throwaway but everything is worth thinking about mm-hmm. all of tyler's and, bold project predictions are my favorite well those did all come and true. all fact yeah, uh, yeah, those, yeah are pretty those, good. those are all those are all canon <laughs> yeah i wrote but just the <laughs> so like okay i i do get where you're coming from about them summoning her in but i also disagree because when they copulate in that hotel room, the world does change, but that's not the first time the world has changed. That's just the first time that they broke the wall into this home base world, which is my new theory, which is, it's probably on Reddit. Somebody already already came up with this, but they did that and it changed things. Like Cooper was not supposed to find real Diane. Bob was not supposed to be defeated when they did this thing because this random kid was given a glove that could kill the monster by the white side of the board versus the black side of the board. Like there's this sudden overpowered pawn that couldn't get taken with the standard moves that actually ended up being the one to win the day. The the guy nobody expected showed up and pulled in clutch that started a chain reaction of things that just led to them opening the door to this world where they were never supposed to be but is the end game for somebody who's looking for judy if you know that that's the monster you're after and that's the path you're on the fact that this thing happened that wasn't supposed to happen that gave you the key to the door that you weren't supposed to go through and now you're here and what do you do about it they try to change things so you don't understand. They try to make you think you are in a place that you thought you were, but you're not. They mess with your mind. They mess with your geometry. But you still find the place that you're looking for. So what do you do? You inhabit that with things that you planted. So they think that they're wrong. They try to gaslight you the whole time into thinking that you found the wrong house. You're in the wrong place with the wrong person. But because that formula doesn't work, because they still question it, they still say, am I 
actually write, the system breaks and everything shuts down. The servers close. And that's the lights going out. That's her screaming, saying, like, no, everything actually makes sense. We are supposed to be here. This is the enemy. They're a terrible enemy. And I can't handle that with my mental capacity because I am a split soul. It would shut everything down. They were never supposed to be in Judy's world. That was that was the anomaly. And that's why it all just exploded. And canonically, everyone did die. It's all over. I dig it. I want to know what you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to know what you speaking of because I get made fun of, not made fun of, but like people come after me. Like, what do you guys think about? Do you guys think that Alice Tremont is Judy? Do you guys like basically to me, if she's not Judy, she's like the mouth of Sauron or something. Like she's some sort of like thing masking the covering the door that so it's like uh, if you if you guys think that like what we've been talking about for the last couple hours about mm. if judy's in the house right and someone opens the door well alice tremont is either judy in disguise or she's like uh mouth of sauron type thing that's a lord of the rings reference if anybody yes, doesn't yes, get it okay I so thank uh, you so much yeah yeah uh so um so but uh i I've tweeted this out and talked to people about it. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, like she's Judy, right? Like, so instead of the old lady, Grandma Tremont, instead of the old lady, whatever, like she's either covering the door for Judy or she's talking to Judy off to the side or she's some sort of projection or mask. The same way I think that the, the old lady and the grandson, like they're those are kind of like the matriarchal demons of the original mm -hmm. show. So like maybe not exactly, but it's kind of that same archetype. So I think that the Tremons and the Chalfonts are like code names or pretend names that Judy or these Black Lodge beings use, right? And also, this is kind of a weird thing, but uh, if you're into the David Lynch uh, multiverse kind of theory, uh, there is someone named Alice in Lost Highway who is kind of a doppelganger type person Ooh. and there is a mysterious man in lost highway that tells the protagonist if she tells you her name is alice she is lying so yeah i think that's kind of cool. cool i don't i don't like mm -hmm. hang my hat on that theory but i think that that's cool i think that's where it alice cool. comes from i mean there's a million 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 things in the return like the return is the sum of it's all of David Lynch's work. All yes. of it. There's Eraserhead in there. There's Lost mm -hmm. Highway. There's Mulholland Drive. There's even yeah, some all Dune shit in there. Like there's all yeah. kind. Every everything he's ever done is represented in the Return. Even projects like uh, Ronnie Rocket and One Saliva Bubble. <laughs> all these weird, abstract, comedic projects also, that he, that, he like, and, uh, weird short film on YouTube that's called like fire or whatever. Yeah. I see yeah, yeah, so yeah. much of the return of that, that. Yeah. That antler creature that he's drawing yeah. on the, yeah. is just like yeah. just even the black totally. and white and the weird movements of everything. Totally. Yeah. And his paintings like the 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 smiley Judy face inside of Sarah Palmer looks just like one of his paintings that he did like I don't know 10 years ago or something. So like all of Lynch's work is in there somehow. So, you know, you can't ever say like, oh, Alice, like this is it for sure. But it's kind of cool that there's a blonde doppelganger named Alice in another movie and 
someone's like her name's not alice don't believe her <laughs> Thought yeah that was pretty yeah. cool so um yeah i don't know people like i tweeted that out like hey look just some, something else that points to the fact that alice tremont is not is, what she's is judy or, or jowday or or not what she seems or is covering for judy and people are like what the fuck are you talking about i'm like uh sorry i thought that was kind of obvious but apparently not so <laughs> i what, actually, what are your thoughts on that i don't think alice is judy i think alice is a thing that was invented to be the to be the mask so like the way yeah. the character is played and the way that she was directed it feels very much like somebody who doesn't have an original thought so she's standing in a doorway yeah. referring often to somebody off camera for answers mm -hmm. it's like somebody who is being held hostage by somebody on a video camera who's telling them what to say and you can almost see when she's saying what she says to cooper it i can almost feel like there's somebody behind the door whoever she's referring to mouthing what she's saying as well as like you know do do go by the script I told you what to say, do the thing. Like these people need to be deflected. You have the answers already. And when it's like she's forgetting lines when she looks off behind the door, not the actress, but yeah, the yeah. character. It's like the the character, Alice Tremond, is like, what do I say to these people? Like she's what, like what? a puppet for Judy or something. Yeah, like, wait, what was my line? While this person's like yeah. scrambling to fix something off camera, like knocking stuff over and you know, doing whatever, like the, the way that, you know, Sarah Palmer had commotion in the background. It's like, yeah. imagine that same sort of spastic energy that was behind mm -hmm. Sarah with yeah, somebody that's... who's who's not making noise, who's actually just like, has the spreadsheet in front of them is just like chain smoking and pulling their hair out. Just like, tell them it was odd. You know, it's David Lynch. Yeah. Chain smoking and pulling his hair out. Right, I tell him whatever, just get him off the porch. Yeah, just get him <laughs> off my porch. Yeah. Trying to make a movie. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and imagine this phantom hand that's running up through the puppet that is Alice Tremond. Totally. That's just like it, it feels I mean, like she's... a hostage on camera that's being told what to say. Interesting. That yeah, whole yeah. interaction. So I don't think it's Judy proper, but I think it is either somebody who has been employed or you know, if this is just Judy's home base that she constructed all together, it's this avatar that she put to answer the door and is trying to come up with what to make her say on the fly while she's actively trying to change other things to fix this thing that she didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who said this before, but something about the different tree men's uh in the original run like in the meals on wheels plot something about that being a mask or like something that judy yeah. changed but that being sort of the same vibe that i get from alice treatment at the end yeah so connected to judy in some way but yep and i want to just i meant to when you're talking about grace sabrisky earlier like basically yeah like same thing like if she's inhabited by judy and there's a noise and she kind of looks off to the side same way alice tremont kind of like it's different because she's getting talked to like fed information or whatever um but i can't remember if this was after the i had to have been after the return was over or maybe while it was still going on but somebody 
got to interview Grace on a podcast and they were, she was kind of like, they were like, well, so, you know, you know, at the, the scene at the door and like, whatever. And she was kind of trying to avoid it, you know, cause she doesn't want to like give people the exact answer, but at the same time the people asking the question didn't seem like they had an idea either. So then she just kind of like laughed and said like, they're like, well, what's in there with you? Like, who's in there? Is somebody in there with you? And she was like, there's, there's evil in there. Like, Ooh. she just like says like, well, yeah, there's evil in there. And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay. So it's like, even that noise, like that's not a person. That's not something that's just symbolizing that there is, there's something else in there. And that's like, I just think that scene mirrors the Alice Tremont scene. So again, yeah, I never really thought about that, that like, maybe she is more or less a real person that's just kind of being held hostage or, or again, like, is she like the grandma? Like, is she the, a tree, like literally a tree mom, literally like the grandma and the, like in the grandson. And like, she's literally some sort of spirit or Judy, like in some sort of mask or like yeah. if you went back 20 minutes later or a couple of days later would some would another treeman live there or a chow font or something right. yes exactly exactly yeah yeah awesome wow yeah i love that so much <laughs> so so much i love you patrick <laughs> <laughs> thanks <Aww. man. laughs> so, so tyler and i are fine crying. it's <laughs> oh well i don't hey, need every, validation everybody here everybody here yeah oh thank you yeah, so i love everybody <laughs> <laughs> well i did lose at rock paper scissors earlier and i did have something mm. to say. Uh, oh yeah uh, let's, oh yeah let's go mouse that's right this is not twin well I shouldn't say it's not Twin Peaks related. However, I can marry two things that I'm wildly obsessed over. But I really love Stephen King. And um, but the the stand is a very good novel, but it's a very good novel about this battle between a good and evil force. But at the a lot of people were super pissed at the end of that novel because they wanted an answer. There's no answer to it because it exists in this whatever we're calling a world. It's going to always be there. Um, right. Randall Flagg, whatever, the, the dark man, whatever you want to call him, is always going to take a shape like Jalde, Judy is always yeah, going to yeah, take a shape, take a form. It's always going to be present. And then you're going to have a good, whether it's Mother Abigail or whether it's um, Laura Palmer, whatever you want to associate it to in the Twin Peaks community. What I love about this is it it does divide a lot of fans of the communities where they they want an answer to something, but you're not. This is not an answerable like this is a question of that battle because I know Jeremiah was talking about this earlier, and that's what made me think of it. This is an ongoing, always will be till like, and perhaps the end of Twin Peaks is the implosion of what we know as the world in this universe, but it's going to reform somewhere else. And it's going to be the same set of circumstances. Um, I like the idea of Ka in the Stephen King multiverse. It's in several of his novels, but it does come up in the stand. But 
Caw being a wheel because at the end of the novel, Stu and Franny do talk about how do we stop this? How do we change this? But they really just come to the conclusion that you you can't, you can just live your life and there's always going to be these forces um, around you that are going to be this way or that way. But I also love it in the terms of when it comes to the Gunslinger series as well, or the Dark Tower series, because a slight spoiler if anybody doesn't want to hear this, but by the time he reaches the tower and if it's it, it, Roland Deshane reminds me so much of Cooper or who at Richard, whoever, but this, mm. uh, this character, because he's going through so many battles, so many trials, tribulations, whatever they may be. And the torturous part is that it just fucking starts over and you get a new set of gunslingers. You get a new set of it's, they're not the same. They might right. look the same, but they are not, you know, so it's just this, uh, this concept of cause a wheel that's infinity. That's everything that's presented in twin peaks, especially in the return. It's all given to you in that way in that we could talk about, I mean, I could talk about this forever because it fascinates me, but at the end of the day, even if you want to get religious or biblical, there's God and there's Satan or whatever you want. There's just always going to be this big battle. And does anyone ever really technically win at that? Do you just start your cycle back over and you're, you're just bound to live a life of repetitive repetitiveness, um, which, which is why I also really cling to the buddhist theory of like there being so many and and if you fail something you kind of start over and you 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 continue on until you reach whatever it is you're supposed to complete in order to go to the paradise but but in reality we don't know if that happens or not you could just go in a, a circle for the rest of your life you mm -hmm. in that infinity over, loop follow the infinity loop forever no, I'm so glad you brought that up, Mel's, because that was a point in when Jeremiah was talking that I really loved. And I feel like that's almost like the healthiest take on the show is to just be like, it is and it isn't, and it will be and it won't be, and it'll keep going. And yep. it, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so, I mean, me saying, um, I think they were defeated. Well, yeah, you could have an argument for that. Or someone saying, I actually think that they prevailed. Well, there's a solid argument for that as well, because sure. at the end of the day, one of them is going to repair, uh, one of them is going to um, win or prevail in this scenario, but you just hit the reset and it goes all over again. The, the spirits, these entities continue this battle and all of us are just pawns in that reality of the spiritual i'm getting really fucking crazy right oh my now God. No, no, are we all no, pawns in the giant like no, pawn I mean, figure we're, that we're, window world creates no but we, we are all pawns in whatever reality whatever plane you're on whatever you believe don't believe we're all pawns in a game that you to be quite morbid, you die or you reach the destination that you've been fighting to reach, like in Roland or Cooper's case. Sure. And then yeah. something like this happens to where you're like, I don't even know where the fuck I am or what year is it or who are you mm -hmm. and what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only privy to a section of a circle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We are yeah. exactly. We are only a, a spindle in that wheel and that's it. And there's 
millions of it. Infinite, there's infinity oh. of it. So whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, I'm always going to bring in Stephen King into it. I find him to be a genius. And I love that he spreads cough throughout all, pretty much all of his novels. You just have to, you know, tune into what the message that's trying to say, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're, and strangely enough, um, I don't know if you guys are red letter media fans, but they did a Twin Peaks return kind of like breakdown and uh-huh. uh, they made a similar, uh, Jay was like, uh, he said, you know, people think that this is all abstract and there's nothing going on. He's like, no, there's a story here. Yes. And basically David Lynch and Mark Frost made the stand. They made their version of the stand. And oh, I was wow. like, yes, dude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's exactly what this is. Exactly what this is. And then you you, you fleshed it out way better. That was like, that's, that's exactly what, what this is. Mills is going to have to leave due to it's a coyote. It's, it's, it's Jow Day. For sure. Fire alarms going off. <laughs> oh, crap. I kind of think like, okay, the the moment that Coop says, what year is this? It kind of feels like a moment of, wait a second, I think I'm dreaming. Like, you know, those dreams that you have when consciousness starts to kind of seep in. Like I often have a dream that I'm still in high school. I'm still skipping class, but then my brain is like, no, 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 bitch, you passed, you did great. You made it out. And so then there's part of me that just keeps thinking, all of this doubling, all of these echoes, or as Jeremiah put it in your part eight coverage, where is it? Um, Broken, shattered, backwards mirror references of things we've seen before. Those feel so much like dream logic things or like just things that will, the the way that we try to describe our dreams to people, right? So I think this is kind of where my mind sits for the most part these days is that I don't know if it's one person's dream. I don't know if it's multiple people's dream, a shared dream, uh, if some of it is real, if some of it is a dream, but just that moment when he says, what year is this? It feels like that consciousness seeping back in. And so win or lose, I don't know what of this is real and what of this is not. So. Yeah. Very true. Very cool. I'm into that and uh, shameful plug. Uh, that's kind of what my next video is about. Oh, cool. Like cool. How, Dreamers. How, yeah, how this could all be who is the dreamer and like kind of going through the whole season three scenario through different people's. You know, if this is so and so's dream, then that's what this means. And if this is so and so's dream, like, so yeah. And we I'm, can't I'm, discount I'm, the dream. Like the dream has been so important since the original run. And then we get the literal world words like we are like the dreamer, but or we yeah. live inside the dream, but who is the dreamer? Right, you are. Wow. Great theories from part 18 all around. Thank you, everyone. And uh, now let's transition into a little palate cleanser before we wrap up our episode into a segment I call Why'd you make it about Judy? a a uh, trivia segment where the answers uh will share syllables with judy and if you know the answer you have to answer by injecting judy into the answer so for example if the answer were easy street 
then you would you would ring in and answer Judy Z Street. So we got <laughs> Team Damn Fine Ring and Team Backwards. And I got All Dave. Right. And I'm yep. running it, so I won't answer. Okay. Uh, bullshit. Ah, shit. Okay, so number one, a French dip sandwich is most likely served with this savory broth side. A Judy sauce. <laughs> uh, he didn't buzz in. He, he didn't, didn't buzz, buzz in. in. Ajudi sauce. <laughs> that was correct, and he does. I'm gonna give him the point. I'm gonna give him the point because he has a baby, and it's it's important. Okay, next time somebody <laughs> ring in, and I'll call. Uh, him what am I supposed to ring in with? <laughs> Just say a thing. Just ah! say, ah! say your name. Say your name. Right. I don't want to say my own name. Say, say number two. Jade. Number two. Don't get it twisted, sister. This American musician is considered one of the top 100 metal vocalists of all time. Judy! Judy Snyder. No, uh, take ring, buzzed in. I buzzed what? in. I buzzed in. I said Judy. That was my buzz. Okay, Judy. that's fine. It's Judy Snyder. It, yeah. He did. He did buzz in. I'm going to give a point to, to both to both teams. What? Oh, you can't do. Like, this is Can I also I have a point? Okay. From now on, I would like one personal rules. point. And it can't be Judy. Don't ring in with that shit. From now on, everybody <laughs> respect the rules. Ring in with a sound, like say something. I'll call okay. you and then give me your answer because you might be wrong. Okay. Okay. All right, fantastic. All right, number three. After the Matrix series, the Wachowskis attempted to create another box office sci-fi hit with a new IP, but this film fell short, barely breaking even with its theatrical release. <laughs> Mr. Ring. Judy Jupiter Rising. You want to try one more time? <laughs> Judy Per Rising. Isn't that it? That's got to be it. I I can't Her give movie. you the point because it's what it's all it's half correct. I can give you half a point. Oh, Ju Jupiter Ascending. Damn it! Okay, yes, uh, okay. got it. Yeah. 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 There it is. I knew it was. Judy Peter yeah. ascending is challenge. Judy Peter ascending, yes. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got it. We got it. You hush. All, right. All right. Number four. Godzilla is in good company with the giant monsters that occupy this film and television genre of Japanese origin. Godzilla eh. is <laughs> Mr. Ring. Kai Judy. Kai Judy is correct. Ah. Uh. I'm okay. so glad we picked Ring. Calm, <laughs> yeah, like you had a choice. <laughs> we did. He was going to be winning on his own. Yeah, he was going to be winning Death on his own. Proud. I really expected him to sweep the game. Okay. Thanks. But, he is. Right, I know my is. sandwiches. All right. Number five. All right. There are seven total. So, yes. Team backwards needs to pick up the slack. Shh. You get two thumbs up if you can name this film critique duo whose At The Movie series ran from 1975 to 1999. Judy, Jowday. <laughs> Patrick. Siskel and Judy Ebert. Siskel and Judy Ebert is correct. hey -o. Number six. Beginner guitarists often learn the simple intro to Smoke on the Water, a rock classic by this musical group. Jowday. Hey. Judy, I got, I got beef. 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 Just because you have a soundboard. Judy, I got beef. I, got... I, did, I did hear Patrick first. We're on the same team. Judy, purple. <laughs> Judy, purple is correct. 
tell us we were not built for this game. <laughs> I'm just glad we have Jeremiah. I was going to be. <laughs> I know. All right. The last question to either knot it up for damn fine TV ring or sweep the game for Close talking damn backwards. Fine ring. It's not a sweep. Or to win. All right. Come on now. You're wasting this man's okay. time. Okay. Number seven. Who will save your soul if you don't know this singer songwriter who debuted in 1995 with the album Too Well. I heard Too Well. Too I, I counter it. Jude. Pieces of me. That was, or what did you say? But Pieces just say, but just say her name again with Judy. Judy. Okay, this is. I already Ju countered it. Judy. Jewel. Judyuel. Judyuel is correct. Yeah. Judyuel. <laughs> I said that 30 seconds ago. Well, I have a southern accent, but whatever. I got the point. We got the point on that. You got the we'll, point. We'll review and the footage. The only we'll one the I knew the answer to. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> listen, you were tapping into my poetry side of me. Okay. <laughs> what we got a tiebreaker or what? I'm I'm gonna say it's a tie because there are seven questions and I have eight points here. So I messed you up somewhere. Haphazardly <laughs> gave yeah, out did. two points. You did. You That's gave out two fine. points. It was a tie. <laughs> I gave out two points night. somewhere where I didn't mean to. So I'm gonna say it's an even. It's an even score, and everybody oh, wins. Score. No, honestly, we all win, like, Jeremiah. Because much like no, we all win, and we all it's hard lose. To say if anybody oh, won or lost, we all win or we all lose. That's right, Jeremiah. We all win and I lose. Kinda, I kind of think Jeremiah won though, because he single-handedly answered the most questions. Yeah, so. that's true. I agree, but, but I also you know think right. I won. In, canonically, well, you <laughs> would think that Patrick, <laughs> but I also think that Jeremiah won. So. Okay, I'm gonna win. It's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm gonna win it. Why'd you I'm, make it about Judy? I'm gonna win Woo! it with this. The best game we ever played. I'm here gonna on win it with this. Night, so the person that won was Judah Maya, and I won it with <laughs> that mashup. Boom! Nothing but Judah Maya. <laughs> Coming soon in the new year, <laughs> talking backwards for the Judah Maya Beaver shirt. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, thank you all so much for talking about Judy with us Wonderful. tonight. Thanks for nothing, having us. Yeah. Nothing was time. Thank you for being here. Uh, real quick, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before you take off, where can the people find you? What are your plugs? Uh, TakeTheRing.com goes to my YouTube channel, and I'm TakeTheRing430 on, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and Patreon. Wonderful. Jasmine and Mills, where can the folks find you on the internet? Scream into the void and you will find damn fine TV. <laughs> Hell yeah. I can back Wonderful. that up. I've done that. It'll be in the show notes or something. Y'all know where we yeah. are. So, well, we guarantee our listeners have some thoughts about Judy. Anything we might have not touched on. If so, you can reach out to us at talkingbackwards at gmail.com. Oh, sorry. Talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com. Got that wrong, Patrick. <laughs> You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Backward. Tyler. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another amazing round of me shouting out names. First up on the list, we have Chad Etzel. Chad, your last name almost sounds like pretzel. 
makes me laugh. Thank you so much, Chad Pretzel, for the support. It's really cool of you. Keep it coming. Eat some pretzels. Chad Etzel. Next up on the list, we have Grace Lichtfuss. Not sure how to pronounce that, but I think I did a pretty damn good job, Grace Lichtfuss. Lichtfuss? Lichtfuss? Lichtfuss. Grace Lichtfuss, thank you so much for the support. I can't believe you went out of your way to give us money. I can tell you we put it to really good use. So again, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my soul. Moving on, our next shout-out goes to Kristen. Nope, Kirsten. Kirsten, thank you so much. I really don't know where we would be without your support, but I can tell you where I wouldn't be, and that is sitting right here saying your name. So thank you. Thank you very much. Sadly, we have one more shout-out for this episode, and this person is a true wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from PA, Callan Callan Burns, y'all. Callan Callan Burns. Thank you so much for your support. It just, I mean, wow. That's all I can say. I'm just going to sit here and say, wow. 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 Wow, Callan. You are one of a kind. Jamie Lynn Shook. Skook. That's a thinker. Shook. Skook. Hmm. If you could see it written out, you would understand my confusion. There are basically two skooks of thought. There's... One where it's shook, and the other where it's skook. And that's about it. Jamie Lynn Skook. Ooh, Skook. I like that. Jamie Lynn Skook. Thank you so much for the support. I don't know how I've survived this long without your support on our Patreon. Thank you so much. Moving down the list, we have James Woolley with his mammoth size donation to our Patreon. Holy moly. Wow. It's no surprise that you've been able to give us this much money considering your ties to the Wooly Willy Empire. I have to say that is one of my favorite toys in which you put hair on a bald person. Thank you for that gift to humanity and keep the support coming. Next up, we have Johnny's little brother, Sid. Sid Rotten, thank you for the support. I really hope that in lieu of increasing your pledge level, you can just hit me up with some Sex Pistols tickets in the future, and then we'll call it square. Sid Rotten, thank you. Thank you so much. Last shout-out we have tonight is City Fox. I don't know if that's a name or location... Or if you're bragging about something. Either way, you gave me money. That's awesome. Keep it up. If you do have a fox in the city, and I'm starting to think that that's what this means, you better have a permit. If you don't, I do not care. City Fox, thank you. Thank you, thank you for the support. Keep it up. Don't ever stop. Ever. 
Those have been my shout outs for this episode of Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. If you or anyone you know would like their very own shout out from me, the Egg Devler, then please head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash talking backwards. Drop some money in our account and I will drop your name on the internet from my mouth to people's ear holes. I will do it. .fm slash talking backwards. That's home base where you'll find all of our links. Thank you to our guest, Dan Fine TV and Jeremiah Beavers, aka Take the Ring, for talking about Judy. And we'll see everybody next time we are here for Talking Backwards.